JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in. We're in Broad Ripple today. Thank you very much at the home of the Union Jack Pub. There are a lot of things that are going on here today, and I'll explain those to you because this is with the Indy 11. It is an Indy 11 Pittsburgh watch party that's going to happen. I know my friends from the Brickyard Battalion will be here a little bit later on to fire that thing up so we got that going on you've got uh the uh, team usa women later on this evening i think that's a nine o'clocker so you can also watch that here taking on in i guess pool play right the netherlands coming up this evening too you can watch that here it's not your average wednesday is what i'm telling you and i'll be honest with you i have not been to the union jack pub here in broad ripple since they've switched spots it used to be on the north side of the street now it is on the south side of the street and as you well know around here south side's the best side right but it is awesome in here and i am looking for you because I know I got a shout-out from the Brickyard Battalion a little bit earlier, and what I'm looking for is uh, having some drinks on a Wednesday here. So let's get that thing rolling. See my man Tony D's in the house. And also, if you plan on drinking beer, I will let you know that both Brian and Alex are here from the shop right across the street. If you plan on drinking beer, get here, because Alex normally drinks up all the beer. Just understand that. Alex is over there. He may drink up all the beer before he joins us to tell about their latest creations from the shop. Hotter's in the house as well, man, all the way from Marshall, Illinois, representing the Indy 11. It's always good to see Brad here. And we are up and running on a Wednesday. And it's very busy because it was the first day of practice for the Colts. We'll get to all that coming up. Kevin Bowen, who was out there this morning with Kevin and Query, and obviously covered that and the practice today that started at 10. Kev's going to join us coming up in just a bit. And we'll talk about 
about what he he saw, what we all witnessed, and all the chatter that is going on. You had Gardner Minshew starter reps. Uh, you had Anthony Richardson backup reps. So it seemed like, and this is what you have to do in day number one right there, they're going to set easy situations up for you, especially if you're Anthony Richardson. You have to get through the easy situations first. So I'm not declaring anything major here, but you have to get through the easy stuff first, and they got through the easy stuff. Now, what was interesting maybe more so than anything else, while Jonathan Taylor was on the sideline and Shane Steichen mentioned the reason why Jonathan Taylor's on the sideline still, they're going to make sure he's completely good to get back. Now, let's face it. There's no way that Chris Ballard didn't know that yesterday at noon. I'm sorry, there's no way. So do I still think that there's something else going on? I think the likelihood is yes. At the same time, to me, does it matter right now? No, because as I've mentioned before, at some point in time, uh, again, everybody's going to realize the level of importance that maybe a running back around the NFL doesn't have other places, but certainly will have here in terms of Jonathan Taylor. And we'll look back on this and we'll go, yeah, that wasn't that big of a deal. Why do we make so much of a big deal out of it? That's how I view it. But yeah, to me, Chris Ballard meeting with the media and not knowing that at noon yesterday is I'm, I'm skeptical, right? You know, I'm skeptical anyway about everything that goes on, and I'm very skeptical about that. But if you want to look at the really good news, and again, I've said wait around and wait and get a look-see that Shaquille Leonard was back. Yesterday, the good news was he passed his physical. The conversation was they're going to work him back in slowly, and evidently he was working through about 90% of that practice. So that seems like a good sign. And I preface this every single year by telling you, I don't know how much ultimately this matters. I do know this, when it's bad, it matters a hell of a lot more. When it is painstakingly awful, it matters a lot more. So you try to just get through this, and hopefully there's nothing but positive news. But I do want to get to the whole Jonathan Taylor thing with Kev coming up in just a minute because that, to me, is incredibly interesting. And, and again, we get to go by what Jim Mersey had said a week and a half ago, that Taylor was all healed up. And now they're suggesting that, yeah, we're just going to make sure, you know, make sure he's just ready to go. They didn't mention 100 percent or anything like that, but absolutely ready to go. And you kind of look at it and you're going, okay, with what is all going on right now, I don't know if I buy that completely or not. But we'll talk about that with Kevin coming up here a little bit after 3 o'clock. Greg Strimlaw is the president of the ND11. He's going to be here with us coming up at 3.30. Joe Rex Road, who covers the Tennessee Titans, drops in here coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll get a look-see around the AFC South as everybody is getting back to practice in preparation for the 2023 season. And Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports, yahoosports.com. We had the Big Ten Media Day going on today and we're going to get with Dan about a variety of things you guys are getting some of that schedule for of course the Big Ten games football wise this season digesting that and what the coaches are saying but you also got the whole Jim Harbaugh thing going on too at Michigan negotiating <laughs> negotiating his punishment 
That sounds very Brady Bunch of the NCAA right there. Hey, hold on a minute. I got busted. I lied. I'm a big liar. Let's negotiate. Let me negotiate my punishment. <laughs> now, yes, you know me. You know me as somebody that in the past felt that Jim Harbaugh would be a perfect head coach again in the NFL. Most notably, remember we had that conversation back when the uh, job was still open here. Ultimately went to Shane Steichen. But I'm big as Jim Harbaugh as a coach. Uh, Jim Harbaugh will always try to run roughshod over absolutely everybody because that's just what he's done. He did that as a player here when the Colts got a taste of their first postseason success ever here. Remember when he was the quarterback? And uh, he's going to do that wherever he coaches. And I thought that that would be an interesting, if not needed, necessary dynamic here. Of course, it didn't happen. No problem with Shane Steichen whatsoever. But I just kind of find it funny, as everybody else does. Uh, you're in negotiation now with what ultimately is going to be your punishment, which looks to be like four games. Uh, we'll get the backstory of that and more. Nobody knows more about it than one Dan Wetzel. And Dan's going to join us of Yahoo coming up at the 4 o'clock hour. I'm sorry. I do giggle. I do laugh a little bit about that as well. So we got that to get to. We got the rest of the NFL to get to. Afternoon baseball with the Reds. The rubber game of that three-game set with the Brewers. And last night, the Reds finally got a win against Milwaukee. And we'll check in to see how they're doing before they embark out west for a weekend set with the L.A. Dodgers. So things get no easier for the Reds, certainly. Reds and Dodgers coming up this weekend after a day off tomorrow for the Reds. And uh, we'll talk about that also coming up with whatever you want to chime in about at 239-1070. Email address is jmv at 1075thefan.com. And again, we're live in Broad Ripple at the uh, Union Jack Pub here for a watch party. Indy 11 in Pittsburgh. We've got that. We're going to talk to Greg Strimlaw, bottom of the hour, about the watch party with the Brickyard Battalion. We'll talk about the national title that was served with the women here. And we'll also bring up tonight's U.S. women's team matchup with the Netherlands. And, oh, by the way, I've got tickets to give away. And, oh, by the way, if you want to see, now Landon's been impressed with this. Everybody who's impressed. If you're watching via YouTube Live, hey, James, you see that popping right there? You see that it's muscle a gun show. Look at Look at this. I don't know if I've ever looked this good via YouTube Live. Or I'm flexing for everybody to see. If you guys want to see me flex my uh, bicep and forearm right there, you can check it out right now. That's the left arm, too. That's not even the most dominant. That's not even the strongest arm I got here. There's some def definition going on. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, if you want to check out my definition. Meantime, via, via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline, speaking of definition, it is one Kevin Bowen from the morning show, Kevin Inquiry. It is Kevin Bowen who writes at 1075thefan.com, and it apparently now is Kevin Bowen that is going to have to lift the sports department of Wish TV Channel 8 and make sure they know a little bit of something about football this year because he is going to be their lead NFL and Colts analyst. Well done on that gig, Kev. <laughs> I mean, is, nobody, I mean you're, you're, you're going to be the guy over there because there's not anybody over there that knows jack squat about anything. You know that, right? 
It's going to be you. Ken Delger, is Ken Delger going to be waiting for you when you get in your car? <laughs> wait a minute. Later today? Uh, you got to wake Ken up when he's on the air over there, don't you? Now, actually, <laughs> I, I kid because I care. I like Ken a great deal, and I like everybody over there a great deal. Uh, the problem is I just haven't been able to see it for about three years. So that's the problem yeah, well, I have. Certainly, no. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I appreciate AC asking me to do it. And actually, I grew up paying to turn off as one of their new sports anchors and Angela over there, and Ross and Jason and everybody. So, really looking forward to it and uh, be just kind of another uh, another avenue to uh, to find me and find our content besides seven to ten each morning. Are they going to let you do traffic over there too in the morning? Are you going to do traffic on the tens? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do traffic. I don't know if maybe I can, you know, pull out some WTHR tape from you from back in the day. And, and, and maybe, you know, Ooh. we can see if a fly is zipped up or not. I have I have two good ones. I don't know if a tape exists. One of me with my pants unzipped in front of the H-Mon out there. I mean, my pants... You could just see, I mean, if, if there was anything of consequence working there, there might have, you know, it was like probably that would get a, like a soft core rated X rating, I think, right there. So I had my pants unzipped once, and then once I hyperventilated while I was doing the highlights. That was pretty cool. And that was because I was hung over. I was hung over for the day before, and they had mentioned. They said, "Hey, you know what? Normally, when you're on TV, you look incredibly pasty, but you look like very pasty today, like more pasty than normal." What happened? And I said, "Well, you know, we had this uh, show, and it got a little bit wild, uh, but I hyperventilated during the highlights." So they had two really yeah. good moments of TV for me right there, both. I think one of my favorite lines that you've ever said was anything of consequence down there. Uh, it's probably one of, <laughs> one of the better lines that I've ever heard from you. I'm telling you. If I was, if I was bringing the thunder, images. that thing would have been rated X on that Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would have been calling you Ron Jeremy on WTHR. <laughs> hey, I mentioned this. And am I right? I mentioned that. The key to going through, especially day number one of a practice, is that seemingly everybody looks good, everything is great, and nobody gets injured. Now, there's an outlier here. We'll get to the whole Jonathan Taylor storyline in a second. But it appears at least the workout, the practice itself, everybody looked really good. Everybody believes they're going to be great. And then you had the storyline of Shaquille Leonard, right? So day number one, is that what you were looking for? And ultimately, is that what you got? Yeah, I think that is easily the storyline out of the day. I mean, the fact that Leonard not only did not start camp on Puff, which, again, he started each of the last two training camps on Puff, but then the amount of work he did. And, and look, we are a long ways away from, you know, crowning him an all-pro again and him playing, you know, 17 games and, and, you know, withstanding an NFL season. But if you would have told me on Monday, Shaquille Leonard is not going to be on Puff, and then he's going to go out there and he's going to participate in 11 on 11 drills and do it in every single period today i i would have told you you were crazy i i i would have been shocked by that and basically they had three different 11 on 11 periods today they were five plays each leonard was out there for the start the first two plays of each of those periods so if you add all that up he was out there for 40% of the starting work. Is that, you know, the same amount of Zaire Franklin? No. But, again, when we're talking about a guy that was barely on the field last year, has had two back surgeries in the last 13 months, you add all that up, he missed a full month of camp last year. You go back two years ago, he missed a couple of weeks to start that camp as well. 
that to me is a positive, positive sign. And Leonard was really optimistic back in the spring. And I think a lot of people just kind of chalk that up to how he operates as, as a human, particularly when it comes to, to football. But, you know, for today, his actions kind of backed up that optimism. And now it's all about, okay, stringing those days together, you know, going through the grind of a camp, obviously joint practice, preseason games, all of that. Again, we're still a long ways away. But for day one, I, I think you have to be extremely encouraged by the amount of work Leonard did. Kevin Bowen, 107.5thefan.com. Morning show, Kevin and Query, which is weekday morning, 7 until 10 a.m. And now the only guy at Wish TV Channel 8 that knows anything about football. He's with us via the Andy Moore <laughs> Automotive Group Hotline. Hey, you know you're going to get a lot. You're going to get a lot of talk out of this, right? I mean, we, we've got uh, it. No. We care so much. We got a kid, right? Don't we have to kid a well, little bit? Honestly, maybe some of the biggest reluctance I had was thinking how JMV is going to react to this. And lo and behold, when the day is announced that I'm going to be doing this, it happens to be our Wednesday conversation. So yes, might as just well spit uh, right in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, just just tell tell AC don't feel bad when we're opposite one another on a Sunday night for those shows. I'm on 59, you're on eight, and you guys ooh, are getting your ass ooh. whipped. Okay, <laughs> tell AC not to be bad. Don't be mad about well, it. That's, that's when I got to air the dirty laundry of you just rocking your underwear talking there with Hank. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed you do. All right. I, I look at it this way, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, but, you know, yesterday at 5 o'clock I find out, you know, via Colts Twitter that Jonathan Taylor is on PUP. And I know that there are rumors out there, and I, I think Shane Steichen even alluded to it today that he's not quite ready. Although you go back a week and a half, two weeks ago, Jim Irsay told Pat McAfee that indeed um, he was healed and and basically good to go. Uh, you guys talked to Chris Ballard at noon yesterday. Ballard didn't mention anything, and these guys always say how much they know. They know everything. They know, they know so much more than that. I'm sorry if I don't believe that he did not know what was going to take place at five o'clock. He did not know that that was happening at noon. Uh, that aside, how big of a deal do you believe this to be? Is this something that is more injury-related than anything else, or is it more kind of line-in-the-sand contractual thing for Jonathan Taylor to do right now, and is there more to it than what we're led to believe? What do you think? Yeah, John, I, I'm not like – you know, king conspiracy theorists when any sort of topic comes up and you immediately go to the hmm, 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 yeah. you, know, you start going there. I, I don't know how you don't have a little bit of fishiness where there's smoke, there's fire with this. And honestly, I could make the argument, John, you as a Colts fan would want this to be more contractual than you would injury. We're talking about a dude that had a high ankle sprain last year. Is that a tough injury to play through? Without question. Is that a tough injury that takes six months to recover from? Absolutely not. I mean, I know all high ankle sprains are, you know, individual, but you look at Cordy Pay. Cordy Pay played through that last season. He did not have surgery in the offseason. If you go back to the start of the offseason, it was not even a slam dunk Taylor would have surgery. There was a debate whether he would need surgery or would just kind of rest and rehab, um, get him back to being 100%. So he had surgery six months ago. And yet here he is on the start of camp and he has not passed his physical and is on the pup list. So if it is physical, I'm starting to think like, whoa, is this something that is a little bit more serious on that? And, you know, I'm trying to go back to yesterday when you think back to, you know, when the Ian Rappaport tweet was sent out kind of late. It was late in our show. So it was, you know, kind of close to, to 10 o'clock. 
where Rappaport tweeted out something to the effect of, like, Taylor's not going to report to camp or there's questions about that, something along those lines. He doesn't say that just to say that. And, you know, when you start kind of trying to connect, okay, dots with this situation, Shaquille Leonard's agent also represents Jonathan Taylor. I think back to a couple years ago when Leonard was dealing with an injury, but all of a sudden that injury seemed to quiet down once he put 10 to paper on a contract extension in camp and he started to practice very shortly thereafter. Taylor doesn't strike me as a guy that would do something like that. But, again, it's hard to just ignore these little clues that are going on with all of this, whether it's the magnitude of the injury, how public he's been about wanting to carry the torch for running backs, or, again, in in this case, you do have a kind of a similar situation between him and Leonard. So it sounds like he won't speak to the media until he comes off the pup list. Um, Again, when that happens remains to be seen. Um, But it it seems like there's a little bit more to this story than it appears on the surface. Yeah, I would agree. Now, is this something you think that that is going to linger, or do you think this is something that, let's just say, coming up after 13 practice, if you look back on this and say, yeah, there was nothing really there? Yeah, that's a great question. You always feel like kind of deadlines for action. Now, in this case, technically, there's not necessarily a deadline. Um, you know, he is he's under contract and going to make you know four point. I think it's four point three million on the final the final year of his rookie deal. So, I mean, you would think he would play that out, um, and, and maybe we do get to the start of September, and it's just you know kind of spilled milk at that point. But I do think it's a very rare occurrence especially in the Chris Ballard era, for quality, and in in Taylor's case, elite players to be due a contract extension and not get it. You know, whether it was Shaq Leonard, whether it was Naheem Hines, and again, those guys, especially Hines, he wouldn't qualify in the Taylor stratosphere in terms of how productive he's been. You know, Nelson, Braden Smith, all those guys got contract extensions for four year four. Well, if you have Taylor and, and maybe even Michael Pittman going into their final years of their rookie deals without a contract extension, now you've got a storyline, and you've got a storyline all season long. And, and so I, I guess that is something that maybe it's not like a hardcore deadline, but, but you could view that as, as week one as something, do you want to kind of get this done with, move on, the season's a season, or do you want this hanging cloud being there for Taylor? Um, I, I do think we need to hear from Taylor soon. You know, he had a very cryptic like of a tweet yesterday, which is not something he does a whole lot, in that it was a fan responding to the Colts tweet of a picture of Taylor walking into camp, and the fan put the meme in there of JT's face looks like Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Taylor either found that funny or found that, you know, something that he agreed with and simply liked like the tweet so you know clearly there is more to this taylor is not just playing the michael pittman side of it where pittman is like yeah whatever happens happens contract wise i'm just ready to play football this year taylor isn't doing that he didn't do that in june he's not doing that on social media so we'll see if his stance has changed when he does meet the media here whenever he comes off the pup list but again it just doesn't all add up to me john so you don't honestly think that Shane Steichen deep down to his core believes that he can get the production that's necessary you know either this season next season with his young quarterback out of a running back by committee situation here do you 
great question. Um, you know, I found it interesting that Chris Ballard on more than one occasion yesterday mentioned we have a new coaching staff in regards to answering questions about Jonathan Taylor and, you know, how he is, you know, viewed, I guess, value-wise to the Colts. Um, you know, I don't know if it's relevant or not, but it's probably worth bringing up that you look at Philadelphia last year. Obviously, Miles Sanders was a great player for them, was their top running back, but they had a lot of guys by committee, and Miles Sanders is now in Carolina. So, to me, it seems a bit risky to do when you also ask yourself, what else would you do with that money? And I think that is a relevant question. It's not like the Colts are spending that money on a quarterback anytime soon, a left tackle anytime soon, a pass rusher anytime soon. I think you, you've made a very strong point in that Taylor's value to the Colts means more than any other team. And you, if, you're, if you're the Colts, you might look at that as leverage. Okay, Jonathan Taylor, do you really want to hit the open market? Because the best thing you're going to get probably is with us. You know, teams aren't going to value you to the degree that you, that we value you considering, you know, what you've meant to the organization, the quarterback in Richardson, um, the fact that they do have this cap space to, to, to spend. So, yeah, that would be Shane Steichen betting on himself big time. I've said all along, uh, I think something in the two- to three-year range seems realistic. I'd probably let him play it out and slap the franchise tag on him, but I get that that might not be the most realistic thing in the world. Um, I think a two- or three-year extension – makes sense it, it, it supports anthony richardson early on and then you kind of reassess a couple of years down the road hey kev i know james is telling me i got a couple of minutes but james hold hold off on that just for a second here too i get back to miles sanders he had 1200 yards rushing for a team in philly that went to the super bowl a year ago and because you're trying now because you moved him on to, to charlotte to play for carolina and you're trying with deandre swift doesn't mean anything i thought he was big in what they did and how their offense came along this past season that's why I view Jonathan Taylor in a sense here in terms of what Shane Steichen's looking at for this offense even more magnified in the case of the growing Colts here especially a quarterback you agree yeah I, I think that's that's a good point that that you bring up um, and what I keep on coming back to with Taylor and Pittman John is this you cannot skimp on skill support with your young quarterback. I mean, that is the last thing you can do, especially when he's this much of an unknown. He, he's this much of a 13 starts, and, and what are you going to get? I mean, he is This is not a four-year starter that won a Heisman Trophy and had a bunch of 11-win seasons. I mean, he, he's anything but that. So I want to make sure that I support the hell out of the guy. And as much as I disagree with drafting a running back, in the second round, I can't live. I've got to live in the reality of now, and that would be: you've got the money, you can extend Taylor, you can extend Pittman. Because I do think you got to have a little bit of fear with Pittman more than Taylor. And again, I know their production is different so far. I'm not arguing that Pittman's been the better player; he certainly has it. But if Pittman were to hit the open market versus Taylor, there'd be a lot more teams that are going to view a wideout like him, and they're going to say. Dude, come over here. You played with awful quarterbacks in your career in Indianapolis. We'll happily pay you, and you come over here and try and you know tap into more potential. And then if you're the Colts, boom, it's Alex Pierce and Josh Downs as your support for Anthony Richardson. So I get that there's a little bit of leverage to play, and again, there's no real deadline upcoming, but I think it'd be a very slippery slope to let either of them walk. 
Yeah, and I don't, I don't see it, it happening either unless Chris Ballard is also in the process of getting this reprieve, you know, getting a rebirth of sorts here after the first six years of getting nothing. It, to me, you know, you can look at it. If you're talking about conspiracy theories, I guess you could go with, you know, maybe you realize the error of your ways and where you put your money, and now you're trying to rectify that on the fly, beginning with running back. That's just a very dangerous time. I think, to come to that conclusion after all these years. I don't think that's happening at all, but um, you kind of wonder where, where Ballard's head might be as far as moving forward because he does, he keeps talking about you know, a new coaching group and you know basically them evaluating and such after a four-win season last year. That, that does make you think a little bit. Yeah, that was odd to me that he said that on so many occasions. And, and, and we played the clips back-to-back today, John, on the show. We played you know, Ballard's answer to Taylor, and we played Ballard's answer to Pittman. Boy, it sounds like two totally different answers. I mean, with Pittman, I freaking love the dude. He's a big piece of what we do, et cetera, et cetera. Taylor, with every positive, was met with a but. It, you know, it was, yeah, but we have a new coaching staff. But we won four games last year. You know, but, you know, well, the market is yeah. the market. It, it, there was just a little bit more there that I said to Stephen Holder earlier today, it seemed like for the first time Chris Ballard was talking to Jonathan Taylor's agent through us. And I can't recall in any of those previous contract debates, whether they were even debates with Leonard and Nelson and Smith and all those guys, of him ever even doing that. And it felt like he did that yesterday. And again, how much of this, which is interesting because Taylor's personality doesn't strike me like this, how much is Taylor saying, running back, follow me. I'm going to do something here. And and I don't know, maybe I'm giving him too much credit with that, and we'll see how it all unfolds. Yeah, I I just think this is a different situation. I I think that everybody needs to realize this is a different situation than most other places around the NFL right now, Kev. And to me, and I got to run here, but I I just think that you look at it this way, don't – I mean, you, you outthink so much, and oftentimes you get caught believing you're the smartest person in the room, and you try to play that out. I mean, you just just go with the support for your inexperienced quarterback and move forward with that. I don't know why that would be so hard, but uh, we shall see. Yep. Hey, you guys aren't out there again tomorrow, right? Correct. No practice tomorrow. Um, Friday and Saturday, all practices. And, yeah, we'll, we'll be uh, – Friday we're at the State Fair, actually, but we're, we are out there for every morning practice here throughout camp. Kevin Bowen's going to milk some cows for you at the State Fair coming up on Friday. <laughs> we can't wait to see that. So, And they'll be, they'll be milking Kev at Wish TV Channel 8 for the football oh, knowledge boy. that is not oh, riding boy. inside that building over there. They need our guy. They need Kevin Bowen, the new Colts analyst for Wish TV Channel 8. Hey, congratulations on that gig, too, man. I'm, I'm very happy for you. You know that. Thank you, John. The first of many jokes you'll have throughout the next handful of months about it. Cannot wait. Make sure that Sunday show doesn't fall flat, okay, brother? <laughs> See you, John. See you, buddy. Kevin Bowen. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Podline. This is a watch party we're doing with the Indy 11 here. We're live in Broad Ripple at Union Jack Pub. James has been saying you got a break, you got a break. So, James, I'm going to break. We'll come back. I know Greg Stremlaw is going to join us. He's the president of the Indy 11. I know that Alex from the shop is going to join us because he's drinking all the beer. And Jimmy is here. So this is an official Wednesday afternoon party in Broad Ripple. Union Jack Pub. we got so much for you today. Join us here. Make sure you tune in, certainly inside the lounge via YouTube Live at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, welcome back to the show, and uh, an RIP to Sinead O'Connor. The unmistakable voice in whatever you may have felt over the years about her stances politically speaking, notwithstanding here, she had one of the most recognizable voices in music. And this song vaulted to number one, written, if you know, by, by Prince. And then uh, she was behind the microphone on it, and it was a big deal. I will say this. I saw Sinead O'Connor at something called WOMAD Fest. Anybody remember WOMAD Fest? WOMAD Fest in September of 1993. It was the first time ever a friend of mine, a longtime friend, best friend of mine, Elise Fields, was working for, I want to say, and I think it was a part of our former ownership, was it 93.1 WKLR? Does that ring a bell for anybody out there? But uh, she got tickets for WOMAD to where we could sit and get served alcohol. That was the first time. I mean, I'd been basically passed out in the lawn when it was Deer Creek every time I'd been up there for any show with all those Lollapaloozas, all those other festivals. That was the first time I got down there where we were actually served. And uh, WOMAD Fest was one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. True story. You had PM Dawn. You had Crowded House. And if you remember, Lenny Kravitz, he broke through earlier, but his album, Are You Gonna Go My Way, had just popped. And the title track that he performed there to that was incredible. And uh, Sinead O'Connor was also a part of this, this bill, along with Peter Gabriel. And Sinead O'Connor came out during Peter Gabriel's set and did a duet with Peter Gabriel, um, which was incredible in its own right. But it was one of the best concerts I've ever seen, and I didn't really know how to take Sinead O'Connor. You know, 1993, and you're wanting to rock it a little bit right, but she was awesome on stage, absolutely awesome. So R.I.P. Sinead O'Connor, who reportedly passed away a little bit earlier today. Uh, we're at what is a soccer watch party. Got the U.S. women later on tonight versus Netherlands in the Women's World Cup. Got the Indy 11 in Pittsburgh coming up later on this evening. Uh, you got the Brickyard Battalion going to be here, too. And I was trying to get everybody here before uh, Alex from the shop in Broad Ripple and in Carmel as well. I can see the shop right across the street. I was trying to get everybody here because... Uh, pretty soon, Alex going to drink this place out of beer, and I want to make sure everybody gets a beer or two on this Wednesday. Um, Alex from the shop joins us right now. Why don't you maybe back 
back off a little bit? Oh, or my you, wife and kids aren't listening. They think you got I'm the right. hammer down right now. <laughs> I, know, I just completely embarrassed right, Kevin right, Bowen, right, by yeah, the yeah, way, yeah. too. So, yeah, yeah. That's all right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Who's next? Line up. Let's get you. I got some Nate Connors walk-up music. Yeah, there. I know. Uh, I know. I, I dulled the mood with that beginning <laughs> right there, but it, it had to be done. I had to bring it up. So, uh, How you doing? I am hanging in there. How about yourself? Doing all right. Doing all right. It's kind of it, – it, it's – it's the hot, hot, hot part of summer right now. But, yep. Um, no, we're doing great. Uh, you know, we run the merchandise for the Indy 11 uh, online and in, in game, uh, in venue, and it's it's been a fun season. We just had the women uh, complete a championship season um, last Saturday at the Mike. And hey, hold on one sec here. Hey, Landon, turn this microphone up because I think people are struggling with hearing it right now. Turn that up now. See if that's better for you, Alex. My bad. Yeah. You good? Yeah, yeah that's much right, better right, right there. So, that's what happens when you turn it up. So for the I just don't know where it is right there. There's only like one thing I can find on there, and it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I thought, well, the green light's blinking, so people must yeah, hear you. This, where's the cough button? And that's the one you know, right? So and tell button. me all about your relationship in, in right here in conjunction with the Indy 11. So we've been running forward? the merchandise for Indy 11 mm-hmm. since uh, summer 2019. Yep. Uh, there at Luke Soil at the time, and. You know, we've been through COVID and uh, post-COVID and now post-post-COVID. Um, and, and, you know, things are looking up. Uh, attendance has been great there at Michael Carroll Stadium. We've well, got, they broke records with the women. Yeah, yeah, broke yeah. Records. I mean, that was a, that was a Over long Over five grand for the women day. and their championship. So Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, you know, it's the first championship in the city since I think the Fever. I'm not 100 percent sure, but we haven't been the city of champions for a yeah, while. Let me tell you that, Alex. But, but it's it's we're, a lot we're, of fun we're, to follow. We're chasing a team. the tail of champions around here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, normally even your boilermakers do great stuff during the regular season and screw the pooch come the postseason. Oh, so come yeah. on now, it's it's too. I early love for Matt Painter and the boilers. Did I say screw the pooch? Can I say that on the air? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not. Look, what I look would at say, your partner over there laughing. Oh, he's laughing. Yeah, how funny. Ohio State do this year? Wide right. Hey, see all that Ohio State stuff in the past. If you would have just negotiated with the NCAA. All right, just negotiated. Uh, here's what I think my punishment should be if you're Jim Harbaugh right no, now. But we, uh, we run the merchandise for Indy 11. It's been a great uh, great relationship. We've seen it grow um, by leaps and bounds, and we're looking forward to the future. But, I mean, if you haven't been out to an Indy 11 game, especially as a parent, it's a great place to take your kids to see live yeah. sports. It, it's um, – it, it's a little bit more relaxing than a, a Colts game, which is going to have fifty to 60,000 people. It, it's a lot easier on the pocketbook, mm-hmm. and you can get right up to the action. Uh, the environment's a lot more like a college crowd. we got the BYB. They're hurling expletives and lighting off smoke bombs, and uh, it, it, it's, it's a blast. Uh, I, I recommend going out if you haven't and catching the game. We've got f- six more home games this year. Uh, well, you can come see us at Michael Carroll Stadium at IUPUI. It's nice because, I mean, gates are at 6, game starts at 7, game's over at 9. So you can set your watch to it, get home, do your thing. Um, it, it's a lot, If you love live sports, you don't have to understand too much about soccer. If you're, you're not a big soccer fan, mm-hmm. um, you, you could just kind of take it all in. And I, I guarantee your kids are going to love it, and they're going to want to go back again and again. And it, it's, I think it's one of the best-kept secrets in this city. That's uh, Alex right there, of course. He and uh, Brian of the shop in Broad Ripple right across the street. You can see it right here. How are stuff going over there? Anything new? Uh, Any new genius ideas? We got our oak tea that just came out. You know, when you bump into people at the fair, you say, oh, here in the Midwest. Um, 
Well, we got our Indiana Auto Construction tee that just launched. We got new college stuff coming out soon. We're going to have a few brickyard items coming out nice. um, this weekend and next. Uh, getting ready for that. Um, you can get your Indy 11 gear before the game across the street as well. And I think if you go to the gate, if you go buy an Indy 11 shirt across the street, they'll give you two free tickets to a match. How about so that? That's the. I mean, you can't beat that. So. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot of new stuff coming out college-wise, and we just launched a horseshoe collection. Um, getting excited about football season this year. Uh, see if we can do a little bit better than, what, four wins? Yep. Um, so, yeah. We're That's, uh, well, come check out the shop, obviously. It has great T-shirt, great items, great everything over there. What are your hours? Tell them that. Oh, we are open 10 to 8, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't go to the store anymore. Uh, we're open 10 o'clock every morning. Oh, and you I used to sit over here and drink all the beer, I think, man. yeah, 10 to 8 every day. Maybe it's 9 on Friday, Saturdays. Oh. And um, close, I think, it's 6 on Sundays. Um, well, but it's, come on out to Broad Ripple. Broad Ripple is not closed. We've got it is not closed. Our, our block here. Well, I mean, got, I, I know what Greg Strimmel just showed up. He was out laying laying concrete, I think, out there <laughs> before he walked up here. Nah, but but <laughs> in, the new improvements here in, in Broad Ripple on Broad Ripple Avenue yeah. are great. Wide sidewalks now, so you can you don't have to bump into people when you're out at the bars and stumbling out of Rock Lobster. So, yeah, we're excited for it all end though, so we can get back to business. Good to see you, brother. Hey, good to Thanks see you. Thanks for coming, as always, you hey. and Brian, too. Great to see you. No Leave a little bit of beer for the rest of the people coming. Hey, okay? I, I, I got to get going here soon. I got orientation for my kids starting oh, middle school. Oh, orientation, so. man. Yeah. Uh, he's, he wants to show me his locker. It's a big word. For, we, got, we got to teach him real good. Orientation. <laughs> <laughs> my brothers, good to see you. Hey. Good, you, Good to see you, man. That's Alex from the uh, shop. Broad Ripple Carmel locations for you. Great active wear, great shirts. And, of course, they, in conjunction with the Indy 11, have great gear for you as well. Uh, Greg Strimlaw was out there showing his masonry skills with the, uh, the work being done right out in front, working with the concrete. He's in here right now. He's going to join us on the other side. Joe Rexroad, who writes for the Titans within the AFC South, going to join us at the top of the hour. Dan Wetzel. We're going to get to the bottom of Big Ten Media Day, what he thinks about the Big Ten moving forward, and a little bit of Jim Harbaugh conversation with Dan Wetzel of Yahoo coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, too. I've got tickets for you as well. Listen to win on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Nachos, lemonheads, my dad's boat. You won't go down because my... 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. <laughs> We're trying to get Hunter's attention over there, man. He's, he's thinking about all those miles going back to Marshall, Illinois tonight about midnight. <laughs> Greg Strimlaw is the president, and we're uh, getting ready for a watch party tonight. The Indy 11 on the road at Pittsburgh. Uh, we're in Broad Ripple at the Union Jack Pub. Kevin Bowen a little bit earlier, back to Colts camp, and the first day of practice today. We'll do that and take a look around the AMC South with Joe Rexroad coming up here at the top of the hour. But Greg Strimlaw is back with us, the prez of the Indy 11. I know you're incredibly proud of the women, what they accomplished, and what the fans of Central Indiana accomplished as well. 
Yeah, great week last week. Uh, couldn't be prouder for the ladies in particular on the field. It's not every day that you win a, a national championship, right? And you got the Indy 11 crest yep. that you're wearing proudly. So very, very proud for, of them. A great season, uh, Central Conference uh, champions, and then winning it all against North Carolina. But you're right. Uh, the crowd set a, a new record for uh, Indiana, uh, State of Indiana for women's soccer. And it's hard to believe you and I were just talking about it off air. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's been... 1998. That's incredible. USA. That's a right? long I mean, time. That, that's it's a long time, and it's a nice record to beat as well. And shout out to uh, to the mayor as well because uh, last Friday he proclaimed Friday, uh, June 21st, as Girls in Blue Day. So did the official proclamation, and uh, we got a lot of amplification out of that. That so is nice. Exciting. Plus the Indy 11 uh, tonight in Pittsburgh. That's a little right. watch party here, and uh, I mean, I mean, really, the world of soccer is big time right now because you got here, and then obviously later on tonight the U.S. Women versus Netherlands yeah. in World Cup. A lot going on. Indy 11 playing Pittsburgh tonight. And then uh, we got our arch rival in uh, Loose City in Louisville on Saturday. So a uh, big back-to-back. A short week, but a lot of games for the guys. But uh, got a few other extra bodies in the lineup. Wednesday to Saturday, is that a tough turnaround it time? It is. It really is. Yeah, especially since they played Tampa Bay at home. You know, it's it's Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. It's yeah. a, it's a full week for sure. Yeah. I, I, uh, I guess you just have to be, what are they, not conditioned, but what is it, trained? You conditioned have to be, and also there'll yeah. be some minutes that will be managed, well, right? That's that's coach's job to do and make sure we've got the right lineup there and we, we nurse that around uh, along. Brickyard Battaglia going to be here a little bit later on as well. What do you think about the matchup with Pittsburgh later on tonight? Yeah, like it. I think everybody knows they're a very, very good, talented team, uh, well-coached and uh, very defensive, though. So we got to find ways in uh, to the 18-yard and try and uh, find the back of the net. Sometimes uh, the games with Pittsburgh are, are one-goal games. So who's going to be on the other side of that, right? We're hoping that we've, we can put one or two in the net on them. That usually might be enough. You mentioned, too, Greg, the the attendance for the women, uh, which was a record breaker. How has the attendance for the men? Very good. Uh, top three in the league. Uh, actually, Saturday night for the men, our, our doubleheader uh, with the women's game in the afternoon. The men in the evening was, I think, 11,200, yep. just in around that. So really good show at the mic. It was packed. Uh, so I think gaining some momentum from an attendance standpoint as well. Yep. So uh, how much of the season is left at We've this point? We've got six home games left, uh, basically. So a lot of time so to get out there and check them out. Absolutely. Yep. Six home games. Our next one's uh, first Saturday in August, and our last home game will be uh, September 30th at home. So. I'm assuming, too, I, I don't know, Saturday, um, you guys, pl- I don't know if it's still going to be as warm. I know Friday's going to be like one of the warmest days we've had around here in forever. Um, that, I would assume, can really take its toll. It can. In, Usually in there's game. rest and purization breaks as well and yeah. uh, liquid hydration breaks. Oh, do they have those? They okay. do. They, Is there, a, like, a specific temperature in which you – you have to go with usually or? it's at the discretion of the referees but they usually inject at least an extra hydration break in both halves on top of what they already would do and then of course the coaches have their timeouts as well yeah that's that's uh, greg scrimmel again the president of the indy 11 is with us that, that has to be something that's difficult so as an end result how proud of you of what the women accomplished here extremely this proud i mean it's uh, it's something considering we started that franchise last year yeah they went undefeated all last year unfortunately lost in the playoffs uh, i believe they were the best team in the league last year um, and then again, they just repeated this year. They, they went through the regular season, went on the road, won, uh, beat a very, very capable San Francisco team. For those that went to Grand Park on that Friday night uh, about 10 days ago, that was some of the best soccer I've seen in a long time. Speed, had everything, and then to win with a header with literally 10 seconds left and added time. I mean, that's the way to do it, right? So give the fans something to cheer about and then uh, wrapping it up at home. Well, I would have liked to have wrapped it up, you know, in regulation, but uh, uh, doing it in extra time, that's fine as well. So very proud of them. The U.S. women in Netherlands tonight. What do we know about that? Well, we, we, we know it's going to be a good match. 
matchup. We know that the Team USA is starting to continue their momentum, and I, they've got high expectations of nothing but uh, winning it all, and um, pretty sure that's what they're going to do. Six more games coming up for the Indy 11, too. You can get your tickets really easy, right? Absolutely. Indy11.com, go to the ticket section, choose what you like, and it's there for your taking. That's awesome, man. Thanks for coming by. Uh, did you, it took you a minute to park, didn't it? It did, it did. I was doing some jackhammering out there, though. <laughs> I, well, I mean, yeah, they were out there putting yeah. down some concrete and stuff, yeah. laying some concrete. You so got it. It's always good to see you, man. Same here. Greg Stremelaw right there with the Indy 11. He is their president. With us uh, here live again, we're at the Union Jack Pub. There's a lot going on, and I mentioned this. This afternoon we'll be here. I know they're going to have a watch party for the Indy 11 and Pittsburgh coming up later on tonight. Then, of course, I'm sure that will transition into watching the Women's World Cup with Team USA and Netherlands coming up later on this evening as well. That's all here at the Union Jack Pub. We are in Broad Ripple looking for you. I know the pub owner, Jay, is going to join us coming up a little bit later on. Rex, I should say in this case, Joe Rex Road who is a guy that covers the Tennessee Titans but also does the entirety of the AFC South going to join us coming up on the other side. I mentioned this earlier, talked to Kevin Bowen about it. It was the first practice day for the Colts earlier today, and I guess what you always want to come away with is obviously no injuries, but everything seemed to be okay. I mean, there's real no true gauge unless you're talking about somebody being injured or just a complete level of first-day ineffectiveness. That is how bad that can be. That was sidestepped evidently today, and especially with the news of at least 90% of the practice having Shaquille Leonard being out there is a feel-good for a lot of Colts fans, certainly. We'll see if that can continue. Jonathan Taylor was at practice, did not participate. We talked about that with Kevin Bowen a little bit earlier, that podcast at 107. TheFan.com. Joe Rexroad on the other side regarding the AFC South, what's going on down in Tennessee and, of course, in Houston and Jacksonville as well. Joe's going to join us, and Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports talks college sports and college football with us. Big Ten Media Day was today. Jim Harbaugh negotiating his suspension with the NCAA. The story behind that and more with Dan coming up in the 5 o'clock hour in Broad Ripple with the Indy 11. We're with Union Jack Pub in Broad Ripple on this Wednesday. Big show tomorrow, big show Friday too. I'll tell you where we're going to be and your chance to win some tickets coming up as well with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not NOM. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Union Jack Pub in Broad Ripple. It is an Indy 11 watch party with the Brickyard Battalion coming at you a little bit later on. So we'll look for you guys here. Uh, Indy 11 in Pittsburgh tonight. Of course, you got the uh, women's national team against Netherlands. 
in the Women's World Cup this evening. You can watch both of those here, and this is an awesome place, by the way, if you've never been here. Uh, again, it is Union Jack Pub. We are in Broad Ripple today. Afternoon baseball going to the bottom of the eighth inning. Reds got a win to even that best of three series up in Milwaukee against a team that's owned them this year. Get that win last night. Offensively, not going as well today, trailing the Brewers 2 nothing as the Brewers now batting in the bottom of the eighth inning. Getaway day for the Reds tomorrow on the road at Dodgers Stadium, Chavez Ravine, for a weekend set with the front running in the NL West, L.A. Dodgers, beginning on Friday night. Also top of two, Cardinals won. Diamondbacks nothing in Phoenix this afternoon. We'll get the other scoreboard updates for you coming up in a bit. Kevin Bowen a little bit earlier. Day number one of practice at Colts Camp at Grand Park in Westfield earlier today. Seems like everything is good with the exception of trying to find out, trying to gather exactly what's going on regarding Jonathan Taylor. Owner said a week and a half, two weeks ago, he was healed. Went on PUP, surprisingly enough, after Chris Ballard met with the media yesterday at noon and said nothing about it. Taylor goes on PUP at 5 yesterday and watch practice today. Shane Steichen mentioned that he is still coming back from that procedure, even though the owner said he is healed almost two weeks ago. And whether or not that is a stance from a running back that is going to be unhappy about what his contract is going to look like. Uh, we'll talk about that and more right now. From the Athletic, covers the Titans, covers the AFC South and the NFL. Blankets, I should say, the AFC South and the NFL. You can find his work as well on the game down in Nashville. He does some radio, too. Um, Jay, uh, it's uh, Joe Rexroad who joins us now on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Hey, Joe, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, doing great. Excited about the, a little bit of football to watch here. How you guys doing? Are you uh, they in practice right now? Uh, no, no. Today was the first one. So, and then uh, I got gotcha. you. Close day tomorrow, and then yeah, then they really get after uh, starting on uh, Friday. So we're, we've been debating about this whole Jonathan Taylor thing up here, Joe. And, and obviously, outside looking in, we're more embedded into it right here. But the outside looking in. What do you think this is more of? Is this is is, is this uh, a little more than delicate stance you think Taylor is taking, or do you think this is more the truth that he is still being handled carefully coming back from an off-season procedure? Where are you with that? Yeah, I mean, I I have no insight, but it does kind of like you said when you when you think about Ursay's comments, uh, it does kind of feel like maybe it's related, right? And and not you know, I mean. I think there's been the story in the NFL for a little bit now, and obviously a lot of people are, you know, empathizing with the running backs, feeling bad for the running backs. They had a nice Zoom call, but, you know, there's not much that can be done. I don't know if this, if that's what this is. I don't really know what it accomplishes, but I understand at least if that, if that is the case, uh, letting people know you're not happy about things. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I don't know what it accomplishes for either side. Because, again, we've talked about this before, too. I mean, the Colts are in a situation, unlike a lot of other teams, this is necessary for the help in growth. For me, even beyond, you know, the year remaining on the contract of Jonathan Taylor, to me it's not like one of these situations where you can just slide guys in by committee and get what's necessary to move your very inexperienced rookie quarterback and then next year, first-year quarterback along. So, to me, I think the Colts need him, even if the 
rest of the NFL frowns upon really needing running backs. And I think Jonathan Taylor, in turn, needs the Colts because, as I mentioned, there's only one of them out there that, to me, has the type of necessities that are, are needed in this case for a guy like Jonathan Taylor maybe to get paid and to have more longevity here than anybody else might as a running back. Yeah, and, you know, I, I can tie that to, to Derrick Henry here, too. I mean, look, Derrick Henry, I think, is probably going to have another really good year for the Titans. I mean, he had 1,500 yards behind a bad offensive line last year. And, you know, he, he's going to find it tough, tough sledding. If he's in the overwork, to me, it makes more sense. There's more value that he gets out of being here than he would anywhere else. I mean, they, maybe even to a larger extent because they've built so much around him. But, no, I mean, I think Taylor is critical to the Colts' success. He's a great player. I mean, Saquon Barkley, if he weren't, you know, had, had that not – were he to not play this season, they'd be bad, right? And that's yeah. like in, in instances, some of these guys are critical. It's just they're still not going to get the long-term deal. Because the team ultimately has more leverage. And they know you cannot – you can't go a year and not get paid at that position – once you start the clock. It's uh, Joe Rexroad again from The Athletic, covers the Tennessee Titans, the AFC South with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, I guess I have, along with others, uh, have somewhat written off Tennessee and where I think they're going to be. Um, I think they're more kind of spinning it now than obviously going to be a, a front-runner possibility in the AFC South. Is that way too early to believe that? I mean, do you see a completely different scenario working down there than I might up here in Indy regarding the uh, Titans? Well, I, I think I think it's a popular view in the NFL that they're going to be bad, and I disagree with that. You know, I, I think they're – I think, you know, adding Hopkins helps. I think they're going to be a pretty good team, like a 9-8 and eight kind of team. Now, that still like, goes along with what you said. I don't see – I have a hard time right now – getting to the point of them actually having a chance in January to do anything, I do think they're going to be in some kind of race with the Jags this year. But that's also me not totally buying that the Jags have arrived as a, you know, a 13 and 14, you know. So I, I do think the Titans overall just, I mean, even like our guy, Dane Brugler um, at the Athletic, I think he, you know, it's just a mock draft you do after the draft, right? But I think he had a pick in like, third or something you know i mean like uh, bill burnwell had him as like the 30th or 31st best roster i i, I think that's a little bit uh underrating the titans but you know they were bad last year late they lost seven in a row it's just they they missed Tannehill. then jeffrey simmons was a shell of himself etc cetera, etc cetera. you know the injuries can only be used so much as an excuse but the, the fact is the last two years they've, they've rostered more players than anyone in nfl history so you know, are they going to get some good luck this year? I still think Tannehill's good. Like I said, I still think Henry's good. Is Hopkins good? I mean, if so, with a new OC, they might get back to looking human on offense. And I think the defense is solid. When uh, people want to compare to you bringing in Julio Jones to that of bringing in DeAndre Hopkins, what's been your answer? Well, I think it's a, a first of all, it's almost eerily similar. You know, the, the year before each guy got to Nashville, they both played nine games. They both had 700. It was like one had 771, one 717. They both had three touchdowns. Um, Julio's was more injury. That was the first year of the hamstring issues. He had been incredibly durable until then. And, of course, Hopkins, last year it was mostly that PD suspension, but the year before that he had, you know, an MCL and, a, and another injury. So 
I, I mean, there are similarities without question. I think just a year, you know, Hopkins a year younger than Julio was coming here. The big diff, the couple of differences. One, I do think that Hopkins gained ages better than Julio's. You know, I mean, I, I, what he does works still, and I think can work. I mean, it was really, I mean, he's a physical, great route runner who catches everything. And Julio's game was a little bit more, you know, dependent on the speed that, that was starting to really uh, escape him there once he got here. Another big difference is, like, you know, when they when they traded for Julio, and of course, you give up second-round pick, by the way, there's one difference. But, but Mike Vrabel, like, what he told us, like, I mean, I called Nick Saban. He's calling everybody he could to try, like, to find out, like, is this guy going to be a problem? Like, is he going to fit in well? In this case, I mean, he and Hopkins have stayed friends through all these years, and they were there with each other for years. So I think he has a lot more certainty about what he's getting and what Hopkins is bringing to the locker room. And Hopkins, I mean, you can tell Hopkins uh, does not like some of the narratives out there about him and said so yesterday. It's uh, Joe Rexroad, senior writer, columnist of The Athletic, co-host at ESPN 102.5 The Game. There's a lot of radio down there, too, joining us, talking Colts and AFC South and more via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So in comparison here, Gardner Minshew, first-team snaps today in this first practice. Anthony Richardson, the second-team snaps. I guess everything went fantastically, whatever. Uh, How's the hierarchy there at quarterback? And where's Will Levis fit in to this equation? Not only right now, Joe, but in your belief moving forward. Yeah, great question, and it, it, it's more interesting right now than I would have anticipated, really even after the spring. But, look, there's a lot of optimism about the way Malik Willis has responded to his rookie season. I mean, he had a, he had the offseason the Titans wanted. It, but Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel doesn't like – honestly, Mike Vrabel doesn't like talking about individual players a ton, good or bad. But he's kind of been gushing about Willis here uh, – for a couple of days, and this is after it was clear Willis had gotten better in the spring. So all of that is to say, I'm not sure Levis is QB two this year. I mean, that's a battle for QB two, but I think right now I'm still forced to guess. Right now, I'm still guessing Will Levis, Titan starting quarterback in 2024. I mean, I, you move up in the second round to get him. The question I have is, you know, has Willis improved himself enough one to, to possibly beat him out for QB two this year? I think they are going to keep the three of them. You know, keep both those guys after Tannehill. And then also, like, is this the QB room moving forward? Levis and Willis. Levis QB1, Willis QB2, maybe a competition. I don't know. I mean, Willis has opened the door to that, and credit to him. He never should have seen a football field, an NFL field last year at all. I think the Titans made a mistake in making him QB2 last year over Logan Woodside. When he had to play, it was bad. I mean, they, they go on, they move on to Josh Dobbs at the end of the year. They almost still beat the Jags on the road with him, having been in, in the facility for a week or 10 days. But um, Willis has, has come on. Look, Willis is a talent. I mean, he, he has a lot of talent. You come to that Hugh Freeze offense, and again, you just should never see a field. So, in the meantime, I mean, Levis has a lot of ability. Anybody who watched him in college, he threw too many bad picks. I think his footwork and accuracy are too erratic. So, you know, there's a lot of work to do there. But that does at least make these preseason games coming up worth watching because I think it's basically just going to be that battle for three games. All right, so with Willis right now, is this his improvement real, or is there any level of thought that maybe this is 
you know, to try to you know, sustain any level of, of market value and or interest um, in a departure possibility? Is it trying to maintain, again, any slight level of that? Or is the whole Willis improvement, is that a real thing? No, at this point, I, I, and believe me, I've had those thoughts exactly. But no, it's real. Um, now, how, how what, what does that do? What does that translate to on the field in a real football game? You know, I think that the Titans are going to have at least a decent QB two this year, unlike last year. No, the, and he's made strides. This is not this is not trying to spin a narrative and and you know help something else along with it. I mean, this is there, there's a lot of people that have been talking about this, not just at, at the podium. So um, it's real. Again, I still don't know, you know, how dramatic it is there's a lot to learn in that regard but look at that guy after last year he had to know you you are now fighting to like be a viable backup qb in this league you know after the way that rookie year went so to his credit he has responded so is there is there a bit now of a, a front office 49er belief that it's always better to have 19 quarterbacks (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, Rand Carthon did come over from the Niners, so he knows just, I, was, I was just thinking. I was just thinking. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the, the funny thing about that is, too, I mean, there's some Titans fans who are already melting down about this idea that Levis and Willis would be in a competition. Like, what does that say about Levis and all this stuff? And it's like, look, I mean, just remember, like, the Niners gave up half the world to get Trey Lance, and then they're like, oh, no, Brock Purdy, you're better. Okay, let's go with that. I mean, that's what, you, that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, you, you may look bad for, for what you did previously. Of course, they've got the capital to be able to survive that. But, I mean, I'd keep an open mind here for sure. You know, And, and the Titans, like I said, the injuries in general were have been a huge problem. But also, like last year, getting caught without a viable NFL quarterback when Tannehill went down, that was inexcusable. And it was costly. Joe, are you there? Yeah. Did you lose me? Oh, sorry about that. I think I lost you just for a second. It's okay. I'm still here. My bad. I've got us. Joe Rex Road joins us from the Athletic. <laughs> it's a long, pregnant pause I wanted to give you right there as we broadcast Joe live <laughs> from Broad Ripple here at the Union Jack Pub. Hey, that was that was me. That was not you. I, I was kind of thinking about it. Maybe I kind of thought myself to sleep there just for a moment about something I've talked about ad nauseum around here. I kind of view it, and I know it's not the same down there with Willis and certainly you know, not Levis right now because I think more people certainly seem confident in t- Hill still having something left. But to me here, and if it's Gardner Minshew that they feel they need to go with in week number one over Anthony Richardson, I, I think that's that sets a precedent. Even if I feel like I'm rushing him along a little bit uh, bad here, and here's why. I think you only should, should see Richardson upon an injury. Check that. You only should see Minshew upon an injury. Uh, to Richardson, which is certainly you know, something you don't want to see, or ineffectiveness. And that's something you don't want to see because then you have to explain it. And a lot of people suggest, well, you're rushing you know, the rookie along, and I guess to a degree that I am, but that's just kind of how I look at it. I, I think Minshew's more of an insurance policy here, whereas Tannehill is believed to be in Nashville, I guess, Joe, as still having possibilities of taking them where they need to go in 2023. Is that fair? 
Yeah, well, yeah, and look, I mean, Tannehill is certainly, I mean, Tannehill's a, a good starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he can, like, he can win enough games for them to, like, be in the playoff race late in the season, right? I mean, so uh, I think a lot of people look at it around here like, basically, this is the last hurrah, and probably with Derrick Henry, too, you know? I, I'd say there's a little more chance that, that Henry and the Titans, you know, come back together after this season for a year or two. But yeah. I think unless Tannehill is spectacular this year and the Titans, like, actually do damage in the playoffs, I think they're going on to probably Levis. So, but I'm with you. I mean, look, I mean, Colts fans know well that uh, there's another uh, highly touted QB who came in and had a very rookie like what, what did Manning throw, 31 picks his rookie year or whatever it was? You know, I mean, some, I mean, playing through it can can be effective yeah. too. I think sometimes if you have a good starter to to be behind and watch, like a, a winning starter, then that's different. But it's not like Minshew. What is Minshew going to do for Richardson? Yeah, and and again, I just I just think it's best for everybody involved if you have the rookie quarterback here, Joe prove himself and prove himself going into week number one but that's still a little bit of time away Joe Rexrow joins us from the athletic and of 1025 the game in Nashville with us via the Andy Moore automotive group hotline uh, what else you think is interesting right now within the the AFC South obviously you get the the changing of guards in in two of the spots we expect here in Indy and in Houston and then maybe one there in Nashville but are you buying into the hype surrounding Jackson Jacksonville being a juggernaut this season, as many are. I'm not. I, mean, I think they're. I mean, they're my favorite. I, I I would pick them right now to win the AFC South. Um, but you know, I'm not. I'm not sold on them being like. Okay, let's say, are they closer to like the Titans or the Chiefs? I, I might. I might lean Titans. You know, and I understand what happened in the postseason. An incredible run late. I mean, my, a huge question is, I think Trevor Lawrence has demonstrated he's going to be very good, but is he going to be that guy? Is he going to – I mean, people are talking Burrow, Herbert. Is he going to be that guy? Well, if so, then sure, I'd buy it. Um, I like Ridley a lot. I mean, I think Ridley, we'll see. Can he stay healthy? year away from football and stuff. But, I mean, the talent level of what he could bring, I like that a lot. Um, you know, they have, I mean, they have a good team. I think they're going to win the division, but no, I, I, I struggle to see them being in that discussion with the upper crust of the AFC this year. And no problem there with, um, with Rabel if they have a disappointing season, correct? He's still solid as a rock there? Yes. I mean, I have to. Look, last year, Amy Adams Strunk fired the GM in the middle of the year, and that was one of those like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> And you're like, okay, this has been a very level-headed ownership since she became controlling owner, and that was a very bad, knee-jerk, unnecessary decision that I absolutely think hurt the team. A massive distraction right before they, they blew a game to Jacksonville that even allowed the division to become contested again. So, I like I, – I, with that in mind, I mean, you never know. Are they – they're terrible this year? I mean, look, they have – gone about things like they expect to win this year. If they're terrible, could he be in trouble? Possibly. But I think what happened with John Robinson getting fired is that Mike Rabel got more power and, you know, more say in personnel. And so I think it was also kind of a – like kind of a choosing Mike over John at that point. So I think he's fine. So 
after they, they traded A.J. Brown or John Robinson did, was there ever any common ground found between general manager and head coach after that point? And especially when it started becoming blatantly obvious that that fixture and that offense was so incredibly missing last year? Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of, like, in terms of their relationship, I don't think it was like – I mean, look, Vrabel uh, clearly did not like the decision. I mean, draft night, that night he looked like a guy who had just blown up 30-point yeah. lead in the fourth quarter when he was doing his draft presser. I mean, he basically vowed two weeks before the draft, there's no way while I'm coaching the A.J. Brown is gone. So, he wasn't happy about it, but I don't think it was like some, you know, relationship destroyer or anything like that between those guys. You know, they, they disagreed, and it turns out that John was just dead wrong and and it was a devastating mistake for his career but yeah you know i mean like to me at the time there was a little bit of wait a minute is this like rabel pulling the you know the 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 switcheroo is stabbing him in the back and i really don't think at all that's what happened i think this was the owner making that decision and stunning everyone including rabel at the time Joe Rex Road with us. He covers the Titans and the AFC South for the Athletic, also on the game down in Nashville. With us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. It should be a hellaciously interesting season. It's weird. It's like you guys are or somewhat of a sequel now with a rookie quarterback. Now you've got like a, a, you know, a second-year quarterback that may uh, be above the rookie quarterback and still the incumbent quarterback is there. Whereas, you know, I think whether in Houston or here, if you have, you know, Davis Mills or Gardner Menchu starting in week number one, everybody's going to probably be up in arms over that as a fan base, at least most of it. So it seems like you guys got a little bit of leverage to work with with Tannehill and Nashville that the others – the others looking forward under center in this division don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and yeah, for sure. And I, I will say, just as a general football fan, um, I, I like that the, the fact that the AFC South has a chance to be really interesting. You know, it may not be very good again, <laughs> but at least, you know, I mean, I'm excited to see Anthony Richardson. I mean, I, I've said this. Like, I saw him live one time last year. That was covering the Malls, Florida game in Knoxville. And I'm in the press box saying, you guys sure this isn't the number one overall pick? Because did you just see that throw? And did you just see that throw? He was incredible. I mean, you know, you watch other games, and he was not. He was bad. But I'm fascinated by him. I I think C.J. Stroud will be a good player. I don't know that I'm sold on him being a franchise QB, but at least they're interesting again, too, you know? So, I mean, you know, at some point you figure Levis gets going and then it's sort of a – it's actually a kind of more fun division seeing which of these quarterbacks, if any of them, can become great. All right, Joe, man, I appreciate you more than you know. Keep doing what you're doing down there in Nashville. I'm sure we'll talk it up again very soon. Thank you. Okay, thanks so much. Joe Rex Road right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. Again, live at Union Jack Pub. We are in Broad Ripple today for you with the Indy 11. You know, I mentioned to Anthony Richardson when asked about his training camp practice debut with the Colts today, the quote was, the coaches do a great job of preparing us. We got to do a great job of preparing ourselves. I know the quarterback room, they're going to continue to push me. I was definitely excited to just come out there and showcase what I'm able to do. And as I mentioned earlier, there's no big thing to be made out of this unless the play was so noticeably bad or somebody got an injury. 
At least that's how I've always handled training camps and training camp practices, whether it's number one or number 13. To end their time up in Westfield, you just want to make sure that you're doing and looking how you should. Now, you don't want to look a lot worse. The same thing can be said about the Pacers, for example, and Jarris Walker in the NBA Summer League. You just want to know that, okay, I understand now after watching him play why the Pacers target him at number seven and then ultimately made that trade and got him at number eight. You can understand and see how that is workable. That's what you want to see. And if you see otherwise, that's problematic. If you see injuries, that's problematic. So that's how I kind of take all of this, these practices outside, whether you're talking about, in this case, the Colts or, you know, what we talked about with the Pacers going back to earlier July. You kind of take that with a grain of salt. You look at it. You watch it. You see what. Think about what might, what maybe could be. But you take that with a grain of salt, and obviously coming away healthy with that is the most important aspect. Again, Union Jack Pub. We're in Broad Ripple, and we're here with the Indy 11. A watch party with the Brickyard Battalion. you got Pittsburgh and the Indy 11 later on tonight. you got the women's team in the Women's World Cup against Netherlands. they got stuff to give away up here as well. You can join us, too. In Broad Ripple, Union Jack Pub. Dan Wetzel has been a part of a lot of college football seasons. What might make this one a little bit different coming up in the Big Ten? We'll talk about that and the latest regarding Jim Harbaugh. Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports covers college football and more coming up at the top of the hour. That and more with you at 239-1070. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, shout out to Joe for being on here, too. Joe Rexroad of The Athletic. And the game down in Nashville. I didn't really get into Joe about their building of a stadium with a retractable roof because that's going to really screw us all over up here as far as some events are concerned, especially if those of you hope and dream once again they end up getting another Super Bowl. Nashville putting the hose to us. Speaking of the hose, Red Legs finally got a win against the Brewers last night. Not today. Brewers three, Reds nothing. Reds off tomorrow. Reds weekend set at Chavez Ravine versus the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, That was a bummer. So what, a game and a half, I think, to start Um, coming up this weekend out in L.A. uh, again for the Reds. Uh, Cubs, meantime, later on tonight against the White Sox. That's at 8-10. I don't really know. I'm assuming I'd rather see the Cubs lose here, although shout out to Tucker Barnhart. I like you. Sorry, Jimmy. Jimmy and Tucker Barnhart are upset. I just I, I struggle with liking the Cubs, even with Tucker being there. I like Tucker and I want Tucker to be good. 
and I want them to be successful for Tucker. And for you too, Jimmy, you're a good friend of the show right there. But it's still the Cubs, and it's still difficult for me. Not as difficult as it ever would be for the Cardinals. I can't stand that group. Kind of difficult. 8-10 for the Cubs and White Sox coming up later on tonight. Broadway, where are you guys going? Is the beer gone now? Is Alex leaving? Beer must be all gone. There goes Alex from the shop in Broad Ripple. Right there looking for his sunglasses. Good to see you, brother. Thank you very much for coming out here. Thanks for the active wear. I'm going to wear that with pride. Shop in Broad Ripple's got all your latest gear, especially from the Indy 11, a watch party. The Indy 11 in Pittsburgh tonight. Brickyard Battalion will be here. Great specials, great food here at the Union Jack Pub in Broad Ripple for you coming up later on tonight. All right. I got news for you coming up, too, about where we're going to be tomorrow and Friday in our Backyard Bourbon broadcasts. Indeed, they are back. But I got a call. Or calls at 239-1070. I think Mike is going to be up first today. Mike, thank you for the call. How are you, brother? Hey, JMV. Glad to hear from you. Hey, got a quick George Brett story for you. Oh, please. Lay it on me. Is it like hemorrhoids or is it pine tar? What is it? No, no. Okay. It's actually – okay, let me set the stage. So I'm a North Central graduate about the same time you were in high school. Yeah. Got to meet Gary Thurman really well. Right. So when Thurman played in, I think it was like 87 to 92 for the Royals, somewhere around there, but I think it was 89, it was the year I went out there, watched him play, and he introduced me to George Brett. And he seemed like the most low-key guy, down-to-earth, somebody you'd want to drink a beer or do a shot with, but if you set him off, he'd rip you a new one. And yeah. he just had you just had that vibe, and I I hope one day you can get him on because the dude is a talker and he's he's just chill. He really is. But well, uh, I do too. Yeah. I mean, I've been trying. It's weird. This is my 19th year of doing it, and I've been swinging and missing for 19 years. Yeah, I, I mean, know, it, it I has been well. it has been that that long. I'm not bad, and hey. I've, I've tried to. I've tried. I've tried from a variety of angles. I've tried just as, hey, how would you like to do this? And I've tried from um, the angle of of somebody that I know that works in Kansas City. I got a friend of yeah. mine that does some sports stuff in Kansas City. That actually, when Chris Ballard was in Kansas City, this is what's weird. I have a friend named Mike Pittman. Um, that that lives in Kansas City that, that lived in the same neighborhood and was a friend with Chris Ballard when he was there. And Mike is always asking me, why are you always ripping on Chris Ballard? So I got to hear that from my high school friend, Mike Pittman, who lives there. I've tried with him, with George Brett. I've tried with Soren Petro, who is a radio talk show host in Kansas City. And I have come up empty for 19 years. It's unfortunate. That's rough, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Hey, I do have a quick question for you. Yes. So about a week or so ago, I was home in the afternoon. I caught the uh, Indians playing at the I-Cubs. And they were do- they were using the uh, so-called robo-ump behind the plate. Um, first of all, for the people who don't know how it works, there's an earpiece in there, and New York calls the balls and strikes. And there's about a second delay. There's about a second delay because there was a couple times the Indians pitcher rung up a Cubs player and he didn't realize he was out. So I just want your opinion on what you think about that. I think I know which street you're going down. And by the way, I still don't have Fox or CBS and I'm on board with you down that one. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't either. So, I can't even watch well, myself on what, Sunday hey, night. But I, listen, I, well, I don't hey, bring I it know. up anymore. <laughs> I try not to bring it up anymore because then people go, hey, cheap ass, why don't you go out and buy an antenna? And I go, hey, wait a minute. Why do I need to buy an antenna? You know how much I pay every month to supposedly have right. channels around here? And then I find it difficult. I, I love going on with Hagen. I don't really want to compromise that by making fun of, of Nexstar, who have the ownership here and is the reason why we had direct TV that we have that we don't have either CBS four or Fox fifty nine. But stop screwing well, you know us what? is what I would say. Hey, stop hey, it. Football, hey, football season's coming up, so someone's gonna have to get something figured out quick. And not to mention, I miss I miss Brian Wilkes on the weather. But uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll hang up and I'll listen to your answer about that Robo Robo stuff. Uh, all right, the, the Robo thing. Here's where I stand on that. Because I thought that the pitch clock was going to be a joke. And remember kicking and screaming, the old fart. Oh, there's the old fart JMV. Doesn't want anything new, does he? The rotary phone, 1985, that's JMV. And I absolutely love the stinking pitch clock. So I sit here right now and say, well, you know, the human dynamic needs to have that role. You don't really want to lose that. But... I think I would have to see it because if it worked out, and I don't know if it could be like this, somebody in the world of technology maybe could help me out, prompt me a little bit better. But if it's anything like what is used with the Hawkeye in tennis, I love that. I don't even know why you have lines people there. I love the Hawkeye. So I might be willing to give this thing a chance. Now, I will also mention this. I get bummed out, and I think we would all be bummed out if we could not significantly argue why our team is getting screwed by the home plate umpire. Like, we've already eliminated, right? We've already eliminated basically with replay and MLB any managerial arguments. Remember in the day when Earl Weaver would go out there and just start ripping, and it was magnificent. I miss those days. I miss those days. Seems like now the only person that ever has an argument and gets tossed out is Aaron Boone. I think that's about it. I miss those days of that. But I will tell you this, Mike. I would probably make myself open to it more so now than ever because when they went to that pitch clock, I thought, yeah, I don't want a piece of that. That's going to suck. I remember telling Tucker Barnhart that on this show before the start of the season. And I like it. And it's also, you've become used to it. Like you used to have, you would know the amount of time that you would have. I mean, you do this if you watch sports at home. You know the amount of time it will take you to get your refrigerator to grab something. You know the amount of time it might take to go take a whiz and get back. You had to recalibrate all that. But I like it. I mean, it does move along the games, and I don't even notice it anymore. So I am betting we adapt, I think, so easily to most things. I think we would adapt to it. But somebody would have to tell me whether or not, is it like the Hawkeye is what they're doing? Is that what they call it, the Hawkeye in tennis? I dig the Hawkeye. You're not looking for, you know, any chalk coming up or anything like that anymore. So I think... I'm not like Mr. Rotary Phone 1985 with this. I think I'd be able to look at it a little bit.
Dan Wetzel is going to join me coming up at the top of the hour. Dan, of course, of Yahoo Sports. Uh, the Big Ten Media Day taking place this afternoon. We'll dive into that with Dan, what's going on in Michigan with Jim Harbaugh. I still say that he would be again and will be at some point again a really good NFL coach. A lot of you disagree. I understand what you might think about him, and especially now considering this, but I still think he would make for an outstanding, with the shelf life, mind you, an outstanding NFL coach at some point again, if he so chooses. We'll get into that with Dan Wetzel coming up here at the top of the hour. Rick Springfield, the Hooters, Tommy Two-Tone, and Paul Young coming up in August. That's over there, and it's going to be fantastic, too, at TCU Amphitheater. Got tickets for you when you hear one of those artists in a re-entry. Number nine is going to be a winner for that. We got that coming up, and we're live. Union Jack Pub, we are in Broad Ripple with our friends from the Indy 11. Indy 11 in Pittsburgh tonight. Got a watch party going on here. And, of course, you got the women's national team taking on Netherlands and Women's World Cup play later on this evening as well. That's all right here. Your party needs met at the Union Jack Pub in Broad Ripple. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. The Sportos, Motorheads, Geeks, Sluts, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Oh, this sounds like the crossroads right here. Bone thugs. Welcome back. We're in Broad Ripple today. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Kevin Bowen chatted with us at the beginning of the show. It was day number one, one of 13 in all at Westfield's Grand Park, Colts training camp, and it seemed like everything was okay other than the whole, if you want to call it that, a mystery surrounding Jonathan Taylor. Is it really him just working his way back now to full health from that off-season surgery, or is it more? See, I had Kevin Bowen. Did you guys hear Kevin Bowen a little bit earlier talking about um, conspiracy theories and stuff? That was weird. I don't know if it's that. I will say this. It, I'm sorry. There's no way that Chris Ballard at noon yesterday didn't know what was going to go down at 5 yesterday afternoon. But that's all right. Hey, as long as this works out, we'll look back at this and go, why in the world was anybody complaining? Because, again, I think it should be understood really on either side. I don't know what good any of this would do either. I do understand what might come out of Jonathan Taylor just, you know, waiting until he's he's completely good to go. Then he would question why is he not completely good to go, especially when Jim Irsay said two weeks ago that he was healed. But we may be making a lot out of nothing, and that's what you hope because you want to make sure the dude gets in here, and as much as I have, have really – trumpeted having the rookie quarterback in there he needs him 
And you can make arguments all day long. And I know how important Michael Pittman Jr. is. I know how important receivers are. I mean, hell, I've spent six years whining and crying about receivers on this show every day. So I know exactly what is necessary. But Jonathan Taylor for this group and this quarterback is incredibly necessary. And it's not going to go away after this year. It's still going to be there. Going to bring this dude along with him. And I'm sorry. I think it's complete BS. You look at Miles Sanders last year, rushed for 1,200 yards. And then to suggest that, well, you know, the Eagles just found out they could go a different direction. I think DeAndre Swift, the former Lions running back, is in there now. Yeah, they're going to go by running back by committee. Yeah, good luck with that because you don't know if that works for you yet. I know that they got a lot of use with a lot of the weapons they had offensively, but they also have a lot of weapons offensively. But Sanders was huge, and they could backpedal this year without that dude. That's 1,200 yards that helps out even more. You're running and throwing quarterback. That gives even more of a threat to guys like A.J. Brown that you have down the field to throw to. And if you feel that's necessary for the Eagles and they made the Super Bowl last year, why would that not be necessary in year number one for Shane Steichen and year number one for Anthony Richardson and this Colts team? Why is that? Somebody would have to explain that to me. Uh, No explanation necessary here. According to Jim McCann, the Reds had 18 striking out today. That sounds like me in high school right there. I think I struck out 18 times, too. I think I struck out 18 times in 1987, Billy. It was sad, too. I mean, and I, as much as I love where I grew up, that was still kind of like class A ball right there a little bit, you know? <laughs> it wasn't like, wasn't like Southern California. We're in the majors. So I'm striking out 18 times, much like the Reds did. All right, Reds. No games remaining against the Brewers. That seems to be good since the Brewers have had ownership of the Reds this year. And the, Ra- uh, the Reds are a buck and a half back right now in the National League Central. Uh, also, Reds get the Dodgers coming up this weekend. So we'll see what happens. That is going to be a tough road this weekend out in Southern California as well. Striking out 18 times. That was me right there. Actually, 18 times. I'll give that 87 and 88 maybe. Striking out 18 times seems to be somewhat factual. Hey, again, we're here live in Broad Ripple today. We're at the Union Jack Pub. And, again, the Indy 11 are here. They're giving away stuff. We're going to be hanging out with the Brickyard Battalion. Um, We're going to be doing this until 6 o'clock and then certainly afterwards with Pittsburgh and the Indy 11 playing and then the Women's World Cup. I do want to remind you of this, a couple of different things. Tomorrow we've got our annual smoke-off at Sullivan Hardware and Garden that is open to the public. Come in there and you can uh, taste my, my meat and see what you think. My incredibly crafted and smoked meat will be on display for everybody to enjoy. Me and Mike Wells... Now, the winner gets four grand donated to their charity. My charity, of course, is the great teacher's treasures, Margaret Sheehan. I don't really know what Mike's doing yet. It probably has something to do with Brownsburg. That's cool. But I am doing tomorrow teacher's treasures, four grand going to the winner, and you guys can come out and be judges of our meet. 
It is going to be a fantastic day at Sullivan Hardware and Garden. That is tomorrow. You can join us again for our annual smoke-off. And then at the Rook, the Rook coming up on Friday. That's a tavern tour stop at the Rook. Brent Halvers is going to join us. Uh, he is our betting analyst, and, of course, of Heaven Hill Distillery. That's on Friday. And I am very happy to tell you this as well. Pleased to inform you that we are going to have a couple of Backyard Bourbon broadcasts. I believe it may be fired up right now. You can check at 107.5thefan.com. If it's not, it's going to be. But you can get signed up to maybe have us out in your backyard to have a show, to have some fun. And there's going to be one where absolutely everybody is going to be invited. There's going to be one, and I think this is going to be a Labor Day blowout, a Labor Day extravaganza, where everybody is going to be invited. And it's a backyard bourbon broadcast. And there may be a hangover or two that will be around for that one. It's going to be great. But we've got two. Check 107.5thefan.com right now as you're signing up for our golf outing, August the 18th. And then check on how you can sign up for our Backyard Bourbon broadcast. And again, thanks to Brent Halverson and Heaven Hill Distillery. Uh, Shout out to Ford's Garage and Richard up there uh, because they're bringing the food once again. Ryan Stoltz, New Belgium Brewing, is going to bring some liquid, too. It is going to be incredible. So we're going to have a couple of them sign up. Check it out right now. Again, sign up for our golf outing. Again, coming up at back nine, August the 18th. Sign up for that right now. And then... Make sure you sign up to have that Backyard Bourbon broadcast possibly in your backyard. That is coming up. And, again, a shout-out to everybody at the station that has put that together, and certainly Brent Holverson, who was a part of it, Randy Strand, who was always a part of it. I love it. I may even – I'm not sure yet. I may even for one – actually, yes, for one of these, we're going to go ahead and get everybody inside the lounge via YouTube Live together. Even Lick. We're going to bring them all together for what is going to be an incredible time. Labor Day weekend. Mark that one on your calendars, too, because that is going to be a party. All right, quick break. We'll come back live in Broad Ripple, Union Jack Pub with the Indy 11. And a watch party later on tonight for the Indy 11 in Pittsburgh. And the Women's World Cup with Team USA and Netherlands this evening, too. Union Jack Pub. We are in Broad Ripple. Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports, the other side. Big Ten Media Day today. What's going down with Jim Harbaugh and a lot more with Dan Wetzel of Yahoo joins us coming up next. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Collect them, trade them, or just enjoy them. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Oh, this is Broad Ripple, Union Jack Pub with the Indy 11 today. Thank you so much for joining us. We're not too far away where they had Big Ten Media Day. 
Talk a little college football and more. Let's welcome back to the show. We haven't had him on in a while, which means a very ridiculous host that hasn't had from Yahoo Sports columnist, New York Times bestselling author. Um, I don't know if this is a word. I, I normally create words on this show. Documentarian on Netflix. It's our friend Dan Wetzel on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Is documentarian, is that a word, or I just make that crap up just now? It sounds pretty good. Um, you know, seems like it works. So I'm going with it. <laughs> How you doing, bud? You all right? I'm good. How you been? I haven't been talking to you in a while. Yeah, I'm hanging. Um, you know, getting ready, obviously, for football around here. The Colts reported yesterday, practice today uh, for the first time. You got college football getting underway and, and what is interesting moving forward uh, with the Big Ten. I, I did want to get this before we jump into some of these Big Ten and football, college football stories. Uh, where's everybody at right now? Or, or maybe even better ask, Dan, where are you at as far as – NIL and the transfer portal in college athletics, where we are at this point? Uh, well, I, I do think they're very different and they get lumped together, but, uh, you know, I, I never was in favor of the NCAA changing the transfer portal to immediate eligibility. Um, what happened was the, the coaches were too strict and they would ban players, they'd bar players from transferring to like 25, 30 schools, couldn't transfer in conference, things like that. Then the players started coming up with, like, well, I got an uncle on dialysis and, you know, grandma's sick. I got to get – and then the NC started giving waivers and everything just started collapsing. I, I think sitting out a year is fine. I don't think it's a punishment to have to spend a free year at a college, going to college. Um, but they, gave, they, they, they changed it. So they made that spin and so be it. That's where we're at. Um, in terms of NIL and boosters and collectives, I don't see any problems at all. I am. Uh, I think the coaches, ads, and commissioners are whining. Uh, I think the, I'm a free market, anti-government regulation guy. I think that uh, if if you want to have a schools, you know, given boosters, given money, so that this recruit goes here or there, um, I don't see any issue of it at all. Um, they do that to pay coaches do that to build facilities that are over the top they do all sorts of stuff uh, on passive dollars it doesn't bother me at all if it's in the recruiting process and i know that's not a popular opinion but in the long run that's the one that's going to win out well and i I think certainly uh for the foreseeable future that's going to be the case i've often asked this but i've not asked you this is is this this model of nil monetarily to you sustainable long term the market will sustain whatever it's going to sustain. So if people want to pay in, my guess is the, the market for players will actually drop uh, some. But, look, if, if, if I'm, a, if I'm a, a booster and I want a kid, if, I, if I'm a regular person, I want a kid in my neighborhood to go to uh, school and I hire them and send them to, to my school, uh, why would the government get in the way of that? I would, what, what's the harm in that? Um, the, it's never been a level playing field in college athletics. Um, and, and so what we've seen, if anything, is a, and this is what the economists predicted, um, either no change or there's actually been a little bit more of a dispersal of, of the top high school talent the last two years with small samples uh, in, in college football of the players actually dispersing to a few more schools because 
let's say there's a recruit in Indiana and Indiana really wants them and they pool their money and give more than you would be if you're just another guy going to, into the Georgia class. Um, that's the way that schools can, can compete. In, in the past, it's been, hey, we need to build bigger facilities. We need to build fancier locker rooms, things to wow recruits. It's a very passive dollar. It's a very um, – it's, it's, you know, you have to hope that what you build is good. You have to then get the recruits on campus to see it, hope that it's a little bit better. Instead, you just give them money directly. That's how businesses recruit all the time. That's how you get someone to move to another city. That's how you get someone to switch a job. Uh, it's not if, if your friend is moving job from one job to another and they say, hey, I'm moving because the office is really nice, or they move because, hey, I just got a 10% raise. You go, oh, yeah, good move. So I, I'm just a, I'm all about free markets and all of this. I don't think it's going to have a big aspect on who's going to win or who isn't going to win. Um, I think the the support is baked in, and what they pay players or what players get will will fluctuate based on the on what the market will bear. So Dan Wetzel who joins us from Yahoo Sports, from from what you know is is everybody now on a much more even playing field in. In terms of, Dan, the the construction of, let's just say, for lack of a better description, their NIL office from school to school right now. Because, you know, some, and you know this too, some were like going about it kicking and screaming and then finally got into it and were a little further behind than others. Is it now more than ever more even as far as the, the amount of resources they put into from school to school NIL right now, especially with obviously the Power Five, for example? I think they're getting there, but I think that's, I don't think every school is as, as aggressive or as organized and they'll get there. And it was really weird because they start to allow this, and you had all these, you had some like, you know, these old school ads or different coaches going, "Well, I don't like this. We're not going to participate." And it's like, if they, let's say they had a basketball, and you you had you put in a four point shot, right? And uh, you just sat there and said, "Well, I don't like that. That's not how I learned basketball. We're not going to use that." You'd be like, "What are you crazy?" <laughs> You use it, right? Or if they allow, like, this is the this is the rules. Do it. Um, you know, I, I look at at a lot of the schools. You know, a lot of schools prided themselves on not being involved in in pay for play recruiting uh, under the table, which we know has gone on for a hundred years, right? You take like a Notre Dame. They certainly. I'm not saying Notre Dame is perfect program or anything, but they certainly try harder maybe then other schools that you follow the rule book and not get involved in this stuff. Well, now they're saying, hey, man, you can do this. And if there's one thing anyone's walked around Notre Dame, no one's ever walked around Notre Dame and said, boy, if only this place had a little money. Uh, but, you know, so you sit there and go, well, why not be aggressive? Like, this is the stuff that would help a Notre Dame. That would help an Indiana, would help a lot of places. You know, how many recruits, basketball recruits in Indiana lose because they – weren't getting involved in this stuff and now maybe it's like hey it's not a big deal if we get this guy some money um besides all the 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 traditional you know the the advertising commercials or sponsorships and stuff it's just a different way of spending the the, the booster money and and instead of spending it on coaching salaries which are still going to go up but certainly facilities and support staff and all these bells and whistles you're direct paying to the players 
it, it's just a far more efficient and more active dollar, and it should help those types of certain schools. So, uh, again, I, we've seen nothing that suggests that, oh, only, you know, they, uh, Alabama's going to buy all the recruits. Why? Alabama's got all the money? They actually don't. Uh, a lot of schools have more money in Alabama, and Alabama was already getting all the recruits. Or how in the world would, uh, you know, how in the world would, uh, Evansville beat Indiana for a recruit now? Well, they never beat them for a recruit anyway. Maybe now they can. Maybe there's a way. So I, I see it as a, as a slight leveling of the playing field, much more efficient use of booster money. It's really not going to have a huge effect. The biggest problem are we have a lot of old-school coaches and ADs absolutely trashing college sports, calling everything a disaster, claiming we need all this help and legislation when nothing bad is really happening. There's been nothing bad happening in this industry that requires this much bemoaning and all of that. To Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports, yahoosports.com, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Uh, obviously, you're from the state of Michigan, uh, and the news broke yesterday of Jim Harbaugh's situation um, you know, lying to the NCAA. The, the story that we've talked about here before. So what happened in all this? And is the way that, that both sides are going about this, it sounds, like, it sounds like it's convenient for Michigan here and convenient for Jim Harbaugh, is it? I think this would get get the situation out of the way. Um, I think from Michigan's point of view, if you get this out of the way, you just focus on the season and you focus on Harbaugh staying at Michigan long-term past the season. You don't have, like, an NCAA investigation hanging over or an NCAA case that you might just sit there and say, hey, forget it, I'm out of here. I'm just going to go to the NFL. Um, so I think that's the appeal for Michigan. Uh, I mean, look, this is a self-inflicted wound. The violations that he committed or alleged to have committed were, you know, moderate to minor. Uh, this wasn't dropping off bags of cash when that was a thing. It was, you know, meeting with recruits during a dead period when you shouldn't and he, and he shouldn't have. But it's really when they asked him about it, and say says he wasn't forthright on it. So he's really in trouble for, for lying to the NCAA and the cover-up. And I think that's what's particularly frustrating about this because if he had just admitted those violations, it would be a, a real slap on the wrist. Like, you know, minor, hey, instead of 50 recruits you can bring in next year, you can only bring in 47 or one of those types of things. Really wouldn't affect it. Instead, he's got to sit four games. Now, Michigan's benefit is these first four games are pretty easy and they will be 30-point favorites in each one, so they should win. But we'll see. So I think getting it over with is good for Harbaugh and good for Michigan. They have a huge season going they have a lot of momentum on their program keeps getting better and better uh, recruiting is picking up and, and I think Harbaugh can settle in and really have a big run here if he wants to stay in Ann Arbor Dan how the entire idea of what has been called a negotiation with the NCAA for this particular punishment how did all that start where was the beginning whose idea was that and then how did we get to this point well, they have that system, and, and like the NCA system is very comp- complicated. But if you just think of a normal judicial system, right? You, a, a prosecutor will say, "Hey, you robbed the bank," and you go, "No, I didn't." And they go, "Look, man, we got you on video. Okay, I did." Hey, look, we can go to trial and fight this. You get 15 years. If you just say you did it, I'll give you eight, right? And, and so you say, "All right, I'll take the eight or you take your chances. And so that's kind of, they have that same thing. You can just mediate it or negotiate a resolution and, and come up with something. 
I think technically they could give Harbaugh six games. And so if he comes down to four or whatever they're trying to hash out here at the end, um, and then at the end, like a judge would still have to approve a plea deal. It's a little like that. I know it's a little bit of a clumsy way to put it, but um, it's basically that. And the NCAA, nobody wants to have some big long thing. You got to hire all these lawyers and have a big uh, hearing when you can just resolve the case pretty simply. Yeah, seems like that's the conclusion that they certainly have drawn here. Do you you see him staying in Ann Arbor for the rest of his career? Does he bounce back at some point to the NFL, Dan? I, you know, it's 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 interesting. Um, predicting Jim Harbaugh is my hesitation. Sure, <laughs> understand that. You guys yeah. know him. You guys know him when he was a player. You know him as a coach. You know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say I think he will, but. I just can't predict Jim Harbaugh. He could literally wake up tomorrow or, or like the day after the season and go, I think I'm going to go coach the whatever, you know, and, and he'll go do it. But uh, Or he could sit there and say, yeah, why would I leave? Everything's going well. I just I can't predict him. I think getting through this will be a really big thing for, for his chance of staying at Michigan. Though he's got it going really well, and as they expand this playoff and it becomes a little less of uh, you you – beat Ohio State or the whole season is a disaster. Uh, I think that helps. But I could also see him saying, hey, look, man, I almost won that Super Bowl in San Francisco. I want one more crack at it. Hey, Dan, staying in the Big Ten, too, how um, how far uh, of a setback now is this entire hazing situation? Because it doesn't really show signs of letting up. I mean, it seems like every week there's there's something new, somebody else coming out right now. Um, how far will this set their football program back at Northwestern? I mean, I know that it's not quite a front runner in the first place, but, I mean, even in terms of where it has been at a high watermark, how far is it going to be down? How long is it going to be down? Yeah, I mean, they won one game last year, so. Uh, yeah, how much further down can you go? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, obviously, I'm kinda, no, it's weird for me to say that because we cover IU here, too. So, I mean, yeah. I, you, you, well, don't, <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want IU to be worse than Northwestern this year is what I'm saying. So, no, yeah. you definitely don't. IU's on the rise. Um, I mean, look, they got an interim coach. I, I, this year is going to be a wash uh, who's recruiting and all that. But uh, so it's a matter of just um, getting through the next – five months i don't know how good the team will be this year not much was expected even with um with uh pat fitzgerald as the coach uh you know they'll probably bring in a new coach i, I think the, the bigger challenge for northwestern remains it's hard enough to win in the big 10 when you're the one private school you only got you know it's a smaller school um you know some different academic standards and things like that and now uh, the league is adding USC and UCLA. You just bring two more schools that have more resources above you, and you're getting rid of divisions, so you can't really hang out in that Big Ten West where, you know, there isn't Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State standing in the way. So it's it's sort of like how much success can Northwestern have? I mean, they made two Big Ten title games. They won the West twice. And, I mean, I, I can't – I. It, just straight up, they they have almost no chance of being better than Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and USC. Um, and that doesn't even get into Wisconsin and Nebraska and all these others and Purdue and I mean everybody. So it's a real challenge for North. It's always been a challenge for Northwestern to be successful. And as the Big Ten keeps getting bigger, 
and keeps adding big-time programs, it just gets harder and harder. I think that's their long-term challenge. Hey Dan, they had their media day down here today. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if you would if you would call it a um, a surprise because I know that they made some strides a year ago. What do you feel like what Bielema is doing with with Illinois at present time at Champaign? Yeah, they made a lot of lot of strides last year, um, and they continue to. And they're starting to they're starting to win some. I, I've been interested. They're starting to win some recruiting battles in the state, not necessarily the top, top guy, but some ones they weren't getting. Uh, I think the thing with Bielema, you know, you know him from Wisconsin, even Arkansas, they really weren't that bad. Uh, didn't quite work out, but, but you know the identity of the program, and I think that's really appealing when kids can look and just sit there and say, okay, that fits what I'm trying to do, and he's trying, and he's going he's gonna to be attuned to that. So, uh, Illinois has always been to me the athletic department and particularly the football program that it may be, maybe no program underachieved more in the country. I mean, it's the, I mean, we talked about Northwestern, but legitimately it's really the only major program in the, in the what fourth, fifth biggest state in the country. You know, Indy's only two hours away. St. Louis is two hours away, let alone Chicago and all the, all the recruits up there. Um, I know there aren't any cruise ships departing from, uh, Champagne, but um, you know it, it, you could be better than what you have been historically, and I, I, I just I wonder what it's going to take, and and maybe Brett Bielema for a while with a slow build is is that is that person? Yeah, uh, and you know he's he's rebuilding certainly his his reputation in Champagne, and, and I want to get back to Pat Fitzgerald for a moment. Where, where is he going to be? I guess ultimately allowed to try to embark on rebuilding his. Well, I mean, certainly NFL is always possible. Um, I think the big thing is going to be what comes out of a lot of these lawsuits and stuff. I mean, did he turn and not pay enough attention to the to what was going on in that locker room, or did he really know what was going on in that locker room? And I think there's a distinction that will matter for whoever would hire him. But obviously coaches in these days, you can't just say, uh, you know, knock it off. You have to be aggressive with the preventive stuff. I am sure every coach in college football is spending time this year trying to root out hazing or talk about the dangers of hazing the way, you know, you would with, you know, how to, how to, how we treat women, how we get out of this situation. What do we do with drugs and alcohol? You know, they bring in people. I think they're probably trying to do that now. So I think we're going to find out a lot more about what it really is alleged against Pat Fitzgerald. Um, and I think that'll that'll play a big role in whether he can coach in college football again, because he had to go to the NFL for a while or whatever. He's still he's still a young guy. I mean, he's in his forties, and there's a lot of opportunity. And he is a, he is a very good coach. What's the most interesting storyline in college football across the landscape to you to start the season, even outside the Big Ten as we close? Uh, I mean, you still have this expansion, you know, the conference conference realignment, but. In terms of pure football, um, it's a wide-open year. Uh, Alabama needs a new quarterback. Ohio State needs a new quarterback. Georgia needs a new quarterback. You know, USC has the best quarterback. Michigan's bringing a bunch of guys back. Texas could be really good. Florida State. You know, look, at the end of the day, we probably end up Georgia. You can call me in January. Georgia and Alabama playing each other again. But it it feels like, hey, in an era when you kind of knew who was going to win almost every year, it's a little bit more open 
to see what happens. Penn State could be really good. Penn State could win the could win the Big Ten. It just feels like there's six, seven, eight contenders where at the end of the year you that guy they win and you go, yeah, okay, I get that. It's uh, Dan Wetzel with us of Yahoo Sports, yahoosports.com. Hey, what are you working on in the not-so-distant future? Anything you can tell us about? It's a lot of NFL and college football writing, and then uh, we have the College Football Inquirer podcast, so we talk a lot of college football on that. Um, so that's it, just getting ready for the season. I hate when summer ends, but the, the best thing is football starts. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you do. You kind of you know this. You go from like zero to fifty. I mean, you just all of a sudden, the, you know, one day you're talking about nothing, and then the next day you're talking about you know a landscape of, of football, both NFL wise and college starting. So, or you know, I'll, every year I get tricked into watching that Hall of Fame preseason game, and then I'm reminded <laughs> it's terrible. What am I doing? But I get so excited, I watch, and then like this is the worst football I've ever seen. So, but I plan on doing that again in a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, I just get excited for football. I know you're up in Michigan. Do they have designs on the Lions win the division this year? Is that the Lions? The Lions hype is insane. Yeah, oh, no, they're talking Super Bowl. Uh, oh, wow! Okay. They haven't won a playoff game in 30 years, <laughs> uh, and they've won one playoff game since 1957. It's the worst franchise in pro sports, but they are very good. They got a lot of good players, and Red Favre's gone. Vikings are rattled, and the Bears aren't any good. So, if there was ever a year for the Lions to be confident, this is it. Now we'll see how that hasn't worked out in the past, but this could be the year. I do like this Lions team a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of – I hear a lot of stories, a lot of columns coming from me. Hey, man, thanks for getting back with me today. It was great to have you back on. If you wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind to to link up with you at some point again and talk about what's going on at the start of both the NFL and the college football season. You know, man, anytime. Appreciate you having thanks, me Dan. on. Appreciate that. Dan Wetzel right there of Yahoo Sports. Good to have him back. A lot of college, Big Ten media day today, a little bit of NFL mixed in there at the end, podcast 107.5. TheFan.com. As far as college athletics are concerned and the stories behind those stories, there's not a better resource out there right now than Dan. Dan is so good at what he does. And it's good to have him back. Uh, in Broad Ripple, we're at the Union Jack Pub with the Indy 11. You know, watch party with the Brickyard Battalion tonight here. It's Pittsburgh and the Indy 11. Then you have the uh, women's national team course hooking up with the netherlands women's world cup action later on this evening as well all can be seen right here great food outstanding beverages and a great time again that's union jack pub in broad ripple you can come by right now you can join a little bit later on but the time on a wednesday night especially with a little soccer is going to be right here. Union Jack Pub, we're in Broad Ripple. Quick break, we'll come back. Got some tickets to give away before the end of the show. That and more for you on a busy Wednesday. Tomorrow on the road, Friday on the road, Backyard Bourbon broadcasts are back for the end of the summer and more just to keep you incredibly interested. By the way, too, our golf outing. Sign up to be a part of that, too, coming up August the 18th. Back nine. Get signed up at 1075thefan.com. Do that today. Quick break. Back with you next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com 
and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. This situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I would love for you to join us tomorrow so you can uh, taste my finely crafted smoked meat. Uh, Tomorrow, Sullivan Hardware and Garden with Mike Wells. Our smoke off. We'll explain that in a second. Wesley at 107.5thefan.com, or in this case, JMV at 107.5thefan.com. JMV, the offense here with the Colts already without playmakers. Imagine taking Taylor away. The offense would be unwatchable. Ballard can't preach, pay your own or pay good players, and then let him walk. With having a quarterback on a rookie contract, they have no excuse not to pay him. That's from Wesley. Wes, Wes, they have every reason to have to make sure that he is happy because you also, with this offense, have to have production and you have to bring along a very inexperienced rookie quarterback. It is just different than it is anywhere else around the NFL. And again, when when you want to bring up Miles Sanders, who is now in Carolina, the running back a year ago in Philly. Remember Philly? A year ago, they went to the Super Bowl. Okay, but now you take 1,200-plus yards of rushing away and hope you're going to be able to do it and make up with that by committee. Good luck. Good luck. We'll see how meaningful that is in Philly coming up this year. But, hey, joining us now, Jay Wetzel. We just had Dan Wetzel on. No relation. Yeah, I was overhearing that. Every time you'd say that, I'd kind of look up. Look and, up. Yeah. Jay Wetzel's the owner here of Union Jack. Union Jack Pub here in Broad Ripple. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How are How you? How long have you owned this joint? We've owned it for 10 or 11 years now, and it's, it's been here for over 40. How has Brent Halverson not had us in this place yet? Do we not? I am not un- I'm we gotta, uncertain. we got to get up there and talk to him about that, yeah. don't we? Yeah. Hey, how original um, from the early days of, of Union Jack, the menu, how, how close to the same is it? Well, the pizza is still here. It's still yeah. the exact same pizza, the same recipe, same sauce recipe. It's still that. Uh, we, we changed it from saying it was uh, Chicago style. Thank you, brother. We changed it to, uh, we said indie style. Because it, I like it. We were having people that expected the sauce to be on the top, and people were complaining yeah. to us. And so we said, this is not Chicago-style pizza. We're our own city. This is indie-style pizza. So that I pizza, like it. Pizza's still here. When did you start calling it indie-style? Yeah. Well, yeah when did ago? we? Yeah. I'd say maybe six or seven years ago. Right. right. Yeah. I remember this, and, and I'm not, you know, touting your competition because it's not your competition, but there was a place in Bloomington I loved called Garcia's Pizza in the Pan. Okay. Uh, there's only one location left. It's in Champaign, Illinois. But they, I remember back in the 80s, they referenced themselves as Las Vegas style. Okay. Had no idea what the hell that meant. Well, then Detroit style. I think you're just running out of cities to be some <laughs> style. Uh, affiliate with pizza. Yeah, exactly. Well, Detroit style is Little Caesars, right? Correct. I think. Well, I, uh, I always associated with Noble Romans. They had that deep dish Sicilian. Yes. And I... And then all of a sudden, I went to a food truck down in Austin, and this is maybe nine, ten years ago, 
and they were saying Detroit style. I was like, what is Detroit style? And then it was it's that, that fluffy. So that's what the, they call Noble Romans is Detroit style? No, Noble Romans no. is, I don't know. I yeah. mean, but that's, it is Detroit style, right. but I don't, they don't call it that, I don't believe. I think Noble Romans originated in Bloomington way yeah. back when, too. Really? But yeah, but I mean, I'm telling you what, you've always had, and I remember the location, because this goes back to 1990, I spent four months on the job at the Union Jack location, the former in Speedway. Sure. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I feel like everyone's got it. Right they've there. had a stint at one of the locations, or they've got a yeah. good story, or there's been yep. so many proposals and uh, first no. dates and whatnot. No doubt about that. What you guys got uh, on the menu tonight that's going to be a f- really good favor to those soccer fans in here? I feel like they go for fish and chips and tenderloins on the game game nights. I feel like they you want something that's, that's I don't know, it's, it's kind of handheld almost. Right. I guess the fish isn't, but it's easy to... Yeah, I mean, you get that, that, the fish and chips is the the, Eng, the English flair. Right. Right. So. Now, one thing, we, we've got vegan and vegetarian now that we've added here in the last four or five years, and that's something that wasn't here originally in 1979, and maybe it's not going to go so well with the vegan smoked meats. Fish? Smoked meat. Yeah, sm- smoked meat. Oh, so you have, okay. But we do have vegan yep. fish, yeah. We've do got, you really? We've got, they call it fishless fish. Which fishless fish. I don't. That doesn't even make any sense. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming you've tasted it. What does it taste like? It, it tastes like fish. Well, without it. What the hell? Without fish. I guess. Yeah. I guess you, if you could put a crab flavor on a potato chip, like Uts or whatever that else oh, does. No, I, I haven't think seen can, that. Yeah, I guess you could kind of make any flavor on anything right there. Yeah. That's, that's unique. And, and how long, again, have you been here? We've been, we moved across the street, so yeah. we're directly across the street. We've been in this location for two years. We were in the, uh, the location that I think everyone remembers well and loves. Mm-hmm. Yes. We were there for uh, over 40 years. That's incredible right yeah. there. So um, you got this uh, combo with you and the Indy 11 coming up later on. Yeah. Too. yeah, we're doing an Indy 11 watch party here. We do watch parties for every match, um, the men, and we did them all for the women as well. The women just won the national championship, which was a huge deal, really exciting to be down there Saturday, and then they, that was actually a doubleheader. They, yeah. uh, just like we're doing a doubleheader tonight with uh, Indy 11 men, segueing right into the USA women here. So, yeah, we're, we're proud of our relationship with Indy 11. We're proud to be a part of, of the soccer community here in Indiana. Now, are you a soccer person? Were you always a soccer person? You know what? I wasn't, but I knew that I was going to have to have a dog in the fight. Right. We were coming on. We were taking over Union Jack right as Indy 11 was coming on the scene, and we offered a, a big discount to the Brickyard Battalion folks here, and and we it was easy for us to embrace Indy 11, and then I think we were getting uh, a World Cup cycle then, too, so it was easy to root for the U.S. men at that point. Uh, then I, I knew I'd have to get a European club to really yeah. understand that, and now now I watch more soccer than anything else, and I grew up, you know, a college football, college basketball fan. Where'd you grow up, Jay? I, I grew up on the south side of Indianapolis. Really? Franklin, Where'd you go to high school? Area. I went to Roncalli, actually. Oh, well, that's where my son, Blake, goes, oh, okay. Roncalli. He's Fantastic. a senior. So what uh, what year did you graduate from Roncalli? 2000. 2000. So were you there with uh, Jason Warner? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. actually, no, I take it back. I was I was working there when Jason Warner was there. We ah. still run into him a fair amount, actually. Yeah, I think you're still down there often. I was yeah. just over there today. My son runs cross-country. Okay. And I was over there with uh, Coach Buckley. Coach oh, yeah. Buckley, who was yeah. still there, been there forever. Great coach. One of the best coaches around is uh, Coach Buckley. He does both cross-country and track. That Blake is a part of. Yeah. But uh, Blake has loved Ron Colley. Oh, good. Loved my, my daughter. My daughter goes to uh, where we live, uh, Center Grove. Okay. Uh, but he goes to Ron Colley, and he loves it. 
Fantastic. So it is. Ron Colley, class of 2000 right there. All right. So, um, again, what can people expect? What are some of the good things on the menu that we talked about besides the pizza and the fish? And you get a watch party with the Indy 11 tonight. Uh, any of the sandwiches, the hot Sicilian, the Italian beef, you can go down the list. I mean, it's just it's solid fare. And we hate to say it's cliched, but you can grab anything on the menu. The spinach artichoke dip, people absolutely rave about. I love that. Um, I think we, we became famous for that deep dish pizza, but I think the menu is well curated. French onion soup. It might be a little hot for soup today, but I think you go through any of the salads there. Uh, I always, I'm getting salmon all the time, so I try to eat a little healthy when I'm in here. Otherwise, so it's it. a real treat when I have friends coming in from out of town, so I, I want to... Big sam- you got salmon big on the menu here? It's, it does pretty well, yeah. yeah I salmon love Caesar salmon. And, yeah. Yeah, we're... We're, we're good on the grill. You guys still have that, that queso that's heavy in meat in it? No. It's, no. It used, to have, it used to have some kind of meat queso. Yeah, okay. It was, it was like a cheese and meat mixture. It's pretty. That was way back, though. Okay. Way back. Really interesting. So what do, you, what do you got as far as you mentioned the spinach artichoke dip? What else you got there? What else say, you got Along that, like the, the chicken queso. Yes. We, do, uh, we do many corn dogs now as an appetizer because Indy 11 – uh, corn dogs are a big thing mm-hmm. for the Indy 11 supporters. So we thought, well, we'd give them an ode to them. We call them the championship corn dogs. Sure. And, I mean, obviously your staples, your mozzarella sticks, your cheesy bacon fries, things like that. Oh, that's pub it's fare a, right there. And then the pulled pork nachos are fantastic. Oh, man. Let me tell you. I can't wait to dive into this pizza right here. What, what do we have? What slice did Bill bring over for I us? I know. Here? That looks like our traditional crust there. So we've got... Four different types of crust. Yeah. Although we we don't have to do a stuffed crust in the spring, we wait till the fall to roll that back out because uh, that's that's an actual like pie where there's a top and a bottom sure. to that. So that was kind of heavy. We thought for the warmer months. So we do a, a New York style thin crust. We're another city that lays claim. So we we say an extra thin crust. <laughs> we do a regular style, which is you know your hand toss, and then we do that deep dish, um, the indie style deep right. dish. Right. So what's your uh, most popular import beer? Import beer is Guinness all day long. People love to have a good pint of Guinness. You a big Guinness fan? I like Guinness a lot. Nice and sessionable. Everyone thinks it's heavy, but Guinness it is... Does, it does ride with you for a while, doesn't it? It's light, man. It's, it's uh, I think, less calorically than most of the other. I mean, really? obviously not the, you know, the Mick Ultra or right, like the, right. whatever that crazy stuff is they have now. But I think in terms of, like, the stuff that's real beer is... It's, I want to say it's in the fours percentage-wise. and Guinness, most popular right here. Jay Wetzel, 2000 class of Ron Colley, uh, the owner of Union Jack Pub. What are your hours tonight and then going into the weekend, too? We're open. The kitchen's open until 10 on Sunday through Thursday, and then we're kitchen's open until 11 Friday through Saturday. Uh, we're open early Saturday and Sunday for Premier League soccer. Yeah. So we, we do brunch uh, that's at 10, uh, and we'll open earlier for the early matches as well. And then uh, we also we have gone on your show before to promote our Pumpkin Cider and Fall Beer Love Festival. It. That's coming up again September Love 30th. It. And, yeah, we're just we're really hoping the U.S. women can pull the job off tonight so that we yep. can get a good, a good round of times in if we can advance – Obviously, if, if we win the group, I think the times over in Australia are more conducive to our yeah, our sure. United States market if they finish at the top of the group. Well, get over there and talk to Brent Halverson about getting us back here sometime. Yeah, I think we've got you guys on the calendar. A tavern tour right there. Yeah. It'd be good right in here. Yeah, I think we're, we've are we got the product lineup to bring in. We're, we're ready to do it. Jay, appreciate you, man. Good appreciate to see you again. Good to see you, JMV. Jay Wetzel right here. He is, oh, look, right behind. Hey, Jay, who has this just walked in? <laughs> 
Jay Wetzel, the owner of Union Jack Pub. We're in Broad Ripple with the Indy 11. Watch party going on later on tonight. And, of course, both the Indy 11 in Pittsburgh and the uh, U.S. women's national team against Netherlands this evening coming up as well here. Union Jack Pub, we are in Broad Ripple. A quick one. We'll come back for a final time. Recap the day that we talked about with the Colts a little bit earlier, obviously, with their practice, the first one of training camp earlier today. The storylines there with Shaquille Leonard back with Jonathan Taylor not participating and the looks of the quarterbacks as well. Location tomorrow and Friday and where you can sign up to be a part of a Backyard Bourbon broadcast. That and more coming up final time. Live in Broad Ripple, Union Jack Pub with the Indy 11 on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Awesome! Totally awesome! All right, Hamilton. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Back, you can see him right here. Our friend Brent Halverson is with us. So we've got a tavern tour stop coming up on Friday. If you hear in our re-entry music, Rick Springfield, that should prompt you to call. Number nine is going to go see Rick Springfield, the Hooters, Paul Young, and Tommy Two-Tone. TCU Amphitheater downtown coming up in August. Jesse's Girl, Rick Springfield, the headliner, number nine at 239-1070 is going to get those tickets and go to what is going to be. I promise you, if you love the 1980s, a fantastic show for you. Again, coming up, TCU Amphitheater. Uh, that is in August. You can see him right here. Brent Halverson joins us now. we got a tavern tour stop coming up on Friday, don't we? We do, and uh, in this similar area here at the well, Rook. You know, and, and Jay wants us to get back here. Oh, yeah, we're coming two. back here. Yes. We're doing one in, uh, well, I don't, so it, I don't oh, can't, much can't really say, but we are out. coming back here at some We will point. be back okay. here. We will be back that here. That makes sense. How you doing, man? Doing great. How are you? I've heard good stories. I've heard that not only do we have a tavern tour stop coming up on Friday. Yep, absolutely. At the Rook. uh, But I've also heard we're bringing back a couple of backyard bourbon broadcasts coming up, too. That's good news. We are. We're going to have one coming soon, too. I think we'll talk a lot about on Friday. Right. Uh, So uh, be sure to be listening and to be hopping in on this because it's going to be pretty special, John. Oh, we need something that's incredibly special right there. That's right on target again. we got our backyard. Our bourbon broadcast coming back. Uh, you may be able to go right now to 107.5thefan.com and sign up for that. Just go check it out. And in the process, sign up for our golf outing coming up August the 18th at back nine for our fan golf outing. Again, 107.5thefan.com. What's up with you? Oh, man, just busy, busy, busy. And had a, had a great little meeting today. And we're like, you know, we, had, we switched locations due to, yes. to your whereabouts. So I wanted to come My down. My whereabouts, I, baby. I, I feel like you. I feel uh, like it's been forever. It I know has it's only been, been a few weeks. Well, but, I mean, uh, it, it has been a month, right? Yeah, my month, John. I mean, a you're, long going, time. you're going back. To, it's over a month. The last time we were at Irie's, Irie's, right? We're together, absolutely. Which went over incredible. That was fun downtown. Wasn't it? God, that was good. Oh, it was. It was a long time coming. I'm glad we finally got that. No, done. absolutely. And then that's again why we why we love doing these tavern tours. Yep. Uncovering these great spots and getting back in there and letting everybody have a chance to come out and join. And what comes right around the corner? Our weekly show. I'll be able to see every Thursday with our Larceny Lock Lunazil shot oh, for the what's coming sixth too? year in a row. This, is it number six? I think this is six, oh, John. Oh, my goodness. We got that, and I was just talking to James back in the studio. We still have people that want our fantasy leagues. 
that haven't picked up their stuff yet. Like, I look like I have, I'm like the Heaven Hill Distillery location <laughs> in my cubicle at work. There's just stuff everywhere. Absolutely. And I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. But we'll do that again, too, with fantasy football. Absolutely. A couple of different ways. I think we'll probably have some kind of uh, survivor one, maybe. I forget what we did last year. I know we did the regular one, and maybe there was a survival one. But at any rate, it's going to be a great year. And with the Colts practicing earlier today for the first time, that means only one thing, that football and our locks and our shots are not too far away. Right around the corner. And and, and the good thing is, is we have about... 85% of our shows booked. Yes. We still have a few openings, though, Do too. we really? So Do we go anyplace new? We've got some new places, and, and, and currently right now it's just going to be a lot of singles. You know, we've gone to a lot of the same yeah. places. We're going to go back to We'd love to go back there as many times as yeah. possible. Had a lot of people reach out about it. So, you know, if you're out there listening, we do have a couple uh, spots we'd love to uh, So more people reached out for the show for the tavern tour stop or the locks and the shots both really yeah that's great to it's hear. good it is good man it's great now, it's fun and, and again uncovering and going to new places that we haven't been yes. it's fun for both of us that right? is fun to get yeah. in there and then have some fun doing it so well i've not been to the rook before yeah so that's gonna be my first time looking and forward that's to that not too far from here it's not too far from here absolutely and that's gonna be good we're gonna be back here at union jack pub and broad ripple at some point as well yep. now where where's where's the furthest out where you've got um, somebody calling you about trying to get us out there. Well, I've had some people that are, have called outside of the area. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm Lafayette. curious. Lafayette. Lafayette was La- probably the furthest. That, okay. That, and I, I think I even reached out to you or somebody uh, over at the station there, and they were like, eh, we're just outside of that. Yeah. It uh, didn't work. So, um, But, uh, you know, I think we've been talking to um, Columbus area has had Love a little it. bit of interest. And that's well, that's, still not, in that's, going town, that's going toward your old stomping ground. It is. Down on 65 right Seymour, there. That's right. I don't think we reached to Seymour. Otherwise, we'd be down <laughs> at Bubba's place. See, right? Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> Listen, I love all that's that's exactly what we love about Tavern Tours is a lot of those smaller towns have those towns oh, absolutely. that we're looking for. Well, right and, and where was your, uh, was it Lagodi? Something in Lagodi? Hello, yeah, well, no, it was Odin, Indiana. Odin, Indiana. Yeah, that's it was right. the, the Odin Tavern. That's right. Which is absolutely famous. And I know they have great fish here, but they have great fish at the Odin Tavern in Odin. And that was one that we've, we've thought about trying to do before. And I think the other one we thought about going to Jasper to the Schnitzelbank. And yes. doing it from doing it from their bar because that's a you know that's a German uh, uh, heritage German restaurant sure. in Jasper, but we thought about doing it from their bar, yeah, which yeah. is very tavern. Right. Much like it looks like Iria's with the block, like uh, the Ooh. block windows and such. So what is great? But, it's good stuff, man. And I can't thank you enough for for being a part of this. And oh, I love it. Looking forward. Friday to it. is going to be outstanding. It Ready is to bring it. Yeah, absolutely. How are things going? Up at Mystic Waters, uh, you know, wonderful. Things are great up there. I mean, it really, truly is. And 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 my wife Lisa, she's been, she's really putting her uh, all she has in up there. So you still getting a lot of concert people coming oh, yeah, out there? Absolutely. To go to Ruoff? Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff coming up. You know, like big shows like Eric Church and mm. Zach Brown, Pearl Jam, yeah, uh, Farm Aid. I mean, the Farm Aid oh, thing, my just goodness. wow. Yeah. Can you imagine that. Yeah. So those are the shows that we do uh, shuttles for as well. So a lot of people coming up, to stay for the weekend, have a lot of fun, go back and forth safely, come back and enjoy it. Continue the party. Great to see you again. John, see you on Friday. You. Yep, see you on Friday. At the, at Rook. the Rook Tavern Tour Stop. Right. Heaven Hill Distillery. That's Brent Holverson yes. right there, everybody. And we've got our Backyard Bourbon broadcast coming back as well. So be ready for that. Hey, thank you, Landon. I appreciate all that you did today, too. Thanks to Brad over there with the Indy 11. He's not paying a lot of attention to me today. Oh, I know you're paying attention. Thank you, Billy. It's great to see you. Everybody that came out, enjoy tonight with the Brickyard Battalion, the Indy 11 taking on Pittsburgh. That is the viewing party here. And then, of course, the U.S. women versus Netherlands. 
Nations and the Women's World Cup coming up later on tonight as well. Tomorrow, our smoke-off. The finest in smoked meats at Sullivan Hardware and Garden not too far from here. Me, Mike Wells, and a lot of you, hopefully, coming up tomorrow at 3. James, great job back at the studio. Thank you all for listening. Back with you tomorrow at 3 at Sullivan Hardware and Garden coming up again, 3 o'clock tomorrow. Have a great night.